You are now listening to Nerd Thug Radio. Ooh, ooh. I'm the Captain Joey Savage. Corey DLG. And I'm the intern. And you're listening to us on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Sister stations. Worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. And as always, we're at NerdThugRadio.com, episode 80. Man. Wow. wow. Eight zero. That's a lot of that's a lot of episodes. Every time we hit like a milestone, I always say we didn't think we'd get past episode ten, and is, now we're is at 80, eighty. Is eighty a milestone? I think so. I think okay. when you start getting to like seventy-five, eighty, ninety, a hundred, and so forth, it's kind of a big deal. I think like at this point now, it's like the bigger than like seventy-five and a hundred. Eighty's big to me. One hundred and four will be 81, a big deal. Eighty-one will be big. I mean, eighty-two. Oh, you're just, I, you're just going to buy ones now. Just everyone will be big okay. from here on. One hundred and four to me. That'll be two oh, years. Oh yeah. Oh man, when we get to March, we're gonna. Is do that where big. that is? Yeah, oh, it's like man. March when we started episode 100. We gotta do something big. I'm thinking we're gonna have to do a live show somewhere, just to celebrate. Okay, all right. That's all 20 right. weeks from now. We've got time to plan. We can set up somewhere where the where they wear the clear heels. Yeah. Hey, I'm in on that. Hey, don't forget this coming Saturday. Yeah. Extra life, Nerd Thug Radio. So pumped. Mario Kart tournament at 7:30. Check the Facebook. Check our Facebook and check Space Cadets Gaming Gaming for all the details. It's gonna be epic, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna for be show. real, real cool. Faux show. Faux shizzle. So, um, I had something interesting happen to me this week. Yeah. Did you turn uh, into a robot? Um, twice. Okay. But that is pretty that's interesting. A, that's a whole different story for a different day. Okay. Um, so, you know, me and you have a different mindset when it comes to answering our, our telephone. Yes. You yes. answer every phone call you get. Regardless. Yeah, because, like, it could be important. Right. This could be the one. This could be the one. <laughs> and me, I screen every single phone call you right. get. Right, Mostly because for the last eight years, I've owed somebody money somewhere. <laughs> Some debt collector or something. See, and I owe people money, but I just tell them, like, I don't know who that is. I I've just never figure heard of if, them. I, if I don't answer, then... They'll go away? Eventually, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like if I answer the phone, I used to, right? I'd answer the phone, oh, now they found me. Now I've got to do this again for seven more years. <laughs> I feel like if seven years, if they haven't heard from me, they'll write it off. Okay. Maybe, hopefully, right. I don't know. But, I mean, I'm caught up on that. You're so, no lawyer. <laughs> no. <laughs> lawyer! So, I'm driving home from work, and uh, it's been a rough day at the office, and I get a phone call. And I look down at it, and it's Colorado. And I'm like, hmm. And I think to myself, you know what? I don't owe anybody any money. It feels good to answer the phone. So, I, I answered the phone, and it was, a great, it was a great phone call. I mean, it was awesome. But just the feeling that... Now I can answer phone calls because <laughs> I don't owe anybody money. It's such a great feeling. It's it's weird to me that 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 you've let that stop you from answering the yeah. phone. Because like my thought is like if the phone rings, somebody's trying to get a hold of you. It might not even be you, but they're but they're reaching out to somebody. My thought process is if they really want me, they'll leave a voicemail. See, and that's and not then true. I'll check it. And I'll call not back. True. If they don't leave a voicemail. I must not be that important. See, I believe in the missed opportunity, so I, I can't wait for someone to leave a voicemail because it, it, like, I'm worried about what that's going to be. No, as soon as like, usually, whenever my phone's ringing, you know, previous Joey, before Joey Savage, right? When I owed money to different <laughs> debt collectors, uh, yeah, I would sit there and I'd see the phone number, I'm like California. I don't know anybody in California. Odessa, nope. And I'd let it go, and then I'd hold my phone, just wait for the voicemail. Then like, oh, is this a good call? Back all. And as soon as I hear that like beep pre-recording, boom, delete. I don't even listen to it. See, someone could have been like, you just won a million dollars. I didn't win a million dollars. Well, not with that attitude. That's a scam. I'm not going to marry a princess <laughs> from Nigeria. You could try. Why? What if it works? It doesn't. Because What if it's real love? Because nobody calls a man who owes money and says, here's more money. Right. I don't Whatever actually. That's, that's, you know what's weird about that? Is that's not really like, that's exactly how people who, who owe money get more money. Right. 
Because like, oh, you owe money, but you've always paid me the minimum on time. Here's more money. Yeah. Like that's the nonsensical it way is. that the universe works. No, that's, that's right. how they entrap you, though. That's right. the way you'll never get out of that debt, and you'll always be paying money, right. and you'll always be giving phone calls, and that's how he never picks up his phone. Allie Savage <laughs> would get so excited because she'd get a, a credit card. She's got a, we've got a couple just for traveling expenses. Right, yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, man, they just upped my credit by another 10 grand. I'm like, oh, great. Ten more grand we're gonna spend and get into <laughs> But no, now we're good. So now I, I feel free. Hey, if you want to call Joey Savage, you know, I'll oh, answer. Put the phone number up under his face. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't, I don't care. It's, it's a answer. wonder we're not making any money off this show. I'll, right? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll He's been funneling, funneling it all into his debt. <laughs> I'll answer the phone. So what, what about you? Anything interesting happened this week? Man, uh, I unexpectedly have been off this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the day job uh, with a family member. We 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 went on strike. Stay right. Yeah, we went on strike this week. Um, so I haven't really done anything. I'm still undefeated in T-ball. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Greatest team ever. Well, I mean, you've got one of the best Little League pitchers in the history of Little League pitching. Uh, they don't pitch, though. I know, but he's one of the best Little I mean, he, League. We won two games this week, and he didn't play pitcher at all. Well, that's just, you got lucky. Like, you um, got to put your guy back in. I had a fight for my last win. Really? Yeah. So, there's no protesting in, in T-ball. There's no crying in baseball, either. There is not, Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, but a protest is when an ump makes a bad call or enforces a rule incorrectly. You protest it. They mark it in the book. The league looks at it. They realize he did make the wrong call. You can go back and replay it. Well, they don't have that. But I, I've never, I don't recall ever. I mean, I know that this, that's a rule in pro baseball too. Yeah. And uh, But I don't recall them ever actually going back and replaying a game. I don't, I, so I don't know if it's ever even actually happened. As I umpired, I never had one of my games protested. Okay. So I don't, I don't, I have no experience with it. But this wasn't a protest. And that's how I explained it to the guy who was over our division and got things fixed. So we're playing a game. There's two outs. The bases are loaded. Okay. Okay. And we're up by one run. And they hit the little ball. The kid from third goes home. But we get the force out at third from the second base, the guy from second base coming over. That ends the inning. Well, right. It's a force out. In order for the run to count, everybody has to get to their base. Correct. Safely. Correct. And so the ump calls the game, and then he walks off. Now, umpires, like most people don't like know this about Little League. I don't know how it's for pros, but umpires aren't responsible for the score in Little League. Right. They call fair foul, safe out, ball strike. That's all their the home team. Really? Yeah. They fair foul, safe out, ball strike. That's all that they they're not really concerned with the runs. How do they call them ball strike on T ball? Well they don't, but okay. they're saying the end oh, little okay, league. Okay, end okay. Little league. And so the home team has to keep the score. Well the the home team put the the run up. I was like, No, 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 that's not right. That was a force out. And he's like, No, it counts. I was like, no, it doesn't. And the umpire like was like, Oh yeah, it does and he just walks off and this is the guy out who almost threw me out two three weeks ago. Oh, man, so he same umpire, huh? He wasn't on my side. Oh. So I had to contact my board guy. I'm like, hey, this is what happened. I was like, I don't think that we should be, you know, treated unfairly because they don't know how to properly score a baseball game. I was like, if I was the home team, I would have scored it properly either way because I have integrity. Got it fixed. So it went from a tie to a win? That's right. Okay. All right. Oh. <laughs> I love exerting my knowledge. Knowledge is great. Knowledge is great, and you gotta and you have to know what you're talking about. I heard a, a weird thing the other day, and I don't think okay. this is right. Tell me. I wanted to get your opinion I'll on it. I'll give you my knowledge. Okay. So, uh, during the Baltimore-Miami Dolphins game, okay. Um, I believe it's the Ravens who they signal fair catch. Is this color rush night? Uh, yes, it is. It is. So, they, 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 signal s- fair catch. they signal fair catch. Okay. He lets it bounce. Okay. It bounces to him. 
He grabs it and then proceeds to attempt to advance it. Can't do it. Can't do that. Right. Nope. Now, now it's two ways. Okay. Either when the ball hits the ground, that nulls the fair catch, which I think is the rule. If if you call a fair catch and then let it hit the ground, no longer fair catch applies. But if that's the if so, okay. Here's here's the completion of the play. This is why it's relevant. Yeah. Tell me what happens. So I'll give you. My so he advances the ball. He gets hit as he's attempting to advance the ball. When he gets hit, the ball comes out. Okay. It looks pretty clearly like in the replay, the Dolphins go into the pile with the ball. The referees, however, don't rule who comes out of the pile with the ball, and instead they say the ball was dead the second he caught the bounced fair catch. That is correct. And that ends the play. That is correct. However, he attempted to advance it, which then is a penalty. That is a penalty. It's not a penalty. Yes, if you call fair catch and then attempt to advance the ball, that's a penalty. They... It's not a penalty. I'm pretty it, sure it is. It, you, I, I want to say at one point it was, but they went away with that. But yeah, did they? As soon as you call a fair catch, you no longer you're giving yourself up from advancing the football. Correct. If you let it bounce, the ball is still live. Right. So if you grab it and and possess it, the play stops there. See, I don't think it does. On but a, if you call a fair know, catch, man. the ball bounces, and you try to catch it and you drop it and you don't possess it, the ball's still live. Right. Because you can call a fair catch, the ball will bounce, and they can go do whatever they want. Right. Or if it bounces off your knee, it's a live ball. But once you fair, signal the fair catch, you have now given up your right to advance the football. And if you possess, once you possess the ball, that's where it stops. Knowledge. Mic drop. Joey Savage. 2017, episode 80. Let's see. Let's see. You're reading it right now? I'm trying to find out if, if, if the bounce changes it. Because I think the bounce does. The bounce does not. The bounce just means the ball's still alive. Basically, when you're calling a fair catch, you're like, I'm going to catch it in the play. But if you don't catch it, the ball is still alive, but you've given up your opportunity to to, to press forward. So, so, Joey, let me get in here real quick. Sure. When, Knowledge. Yeah, when you make a protest in baseball mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the league goes back and sees that it's not right, so do they – what do you mean by they go back? It's not like they so can go after can, the game to reset the yep. whole game. No, not the whole game. So That is what they would do. So what you do is you protest. You can only protest – you can't protest a judgment call. Judgment calls, as I mentioned earlier, are fair foul, safe out, ball strike. Those are judgment calls the umpire makes. So you can't question and protest any of those. What you can protest is the umpire implying a rule incorrectly. Like if there's a, a rule to the game and he rules it incorrectly, you can say, look, that's, a, that's not the right rule. You're interpreting it incorrectly. I'm protesting the game from this point forward. The league goes back, they look at it, and they say, you know what? He did rule it incorrectly. They will then restart that game, maybe even a week later, at that point in the game, and continue it from that point forward. So, like, when you protest, do you just, like, take a knee? No, no, no. Do you get the kids to pick it at the the dugout? No, No. so what you do is um, you go to the umpire and you say, I want to make an official protest against um, that call you just made. In Little League, there's usually a board members running around the field, and so they get a board member and they say, they're protesting this point. The board member goes over to the home team who's supposed to be keeping the scorebook. They mark it down. They make note of it, and then they go back into it. And, and so actually, that it's point, happened before. In the NBA, I know it has because I actually witnessed one. Um, the, uh, I don't remember the two teams that played, but they had to go back after they were, they were playing a game. They, they, uh, the referee fouled a guy out. When they met again to play their next game, the NBA had ruled that the foul out was incorrect. It was only five, not six fouls. They had to play the last eight minutes of that game. And then the new one. And then they played the new one. It happens very far in between, but it is there. Yeah. But it can only be, you're, you're protesting the incorrect rule being applied. Right. And so with that, let's protest out to a break. Take a knee. 
Come back and we'll get into Nerd Thug Media around the world. You're listening to us on Connors FM 104.5106.1. Hey guys, this is Joey Savage. Don't forget, check us out on iTunes. Click subscribe. Leave us a review. Also on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to us there as well. Catch us out every Monday on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5, 106.1. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs> what was that? You're just doing the end zone. Get me on the camera here. Ready? You, you Captain are Joey Savage. Corey DLG. And I no longer wonder why you never made it on Dancing on the Stars. I never even tried. <laughs> You're listening to us on Connors FM 104.5, 106.1. Sister station. And worldwide. IRLoneStar.com. I'm just like, are you okay? I am perfectly fine. Okay, I'm like rejuvenated because... We've got a special guest coming in, in the next segment. That's true. Um, El Campeon, one of my favorite indie wrestlers uh, from here in Houston. It's going to be fun. But before we get into that, um, let's talk about our friends at Space Cadets Gaming Gaming. Oh, yeah. You got this? Oh, okay. Oh, is it me? <laughs> yeah, you want to try it? Okay, try? yeah, we'll Who's do it. Who's going to butcher it this week? Yeah. Oh, poor BMAC. Poor BMAC. Go. With uh, summer over, yes. school going on, and Christmas coming up, the kids, uh, the holidays. they have things that they like. No, it's Christmas. It's the holidays. It's Christmas in America. It's Merca. not even Thanksgiving yet. It's Christmas in Merca. <laughs> what are you talking even, about? Uh, Conroe already has their lights yeah. up. Halloween's no. tomorrow, and the lights are up. Are you kidding? No, the Black Friday at Space Cadets is like no joke. You okay. can't just gloss right over that. No, no. You're Okay, that's fair. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay, that's a good point. You're right. Colt Baldridge with the save, impressively. A kick shave and a beauty. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. So, in that case, let's do it this way. So, uh, with the kids wanting things because it, it's the holidays and everyone loves presents, Black Friday, Space Cadets, gaming, gaming. They've got Magic the Gathering. They've got all kinds of Yu-Gi-Oh. board games. They got Yu-Gi-Oh. Flux. They got Flux. They got Munchkins oh, and all Munchkins. the expansion packs that you can ever desire. They Hero got clicks. about 10 Star Wars games in there. They got the Destiny. Hero Clicks. They got the Star Wars role playing. They got the Star Wars dice game. They got the Star Wars Imperial Forces. Harry Potter card game. They got the Star Wars airplane game. Sink the Titanic. They sink the Titanic. Is there a Harry Potter card game? Yeah, now? there is. Deck oh, wow. building game. What'd you say? A deck building game. Hmm. I'm a, a deck Huff- building hey, game. I'm yeah, you know this is a family show, right? A deck building game. Yeah. I don't think you're supposed Check to build one of Check out Space Cadets Gaming and Gaming. Robinson Road in the Woodlands for all the gaming needs. Mention Nerd Thug Radio and receive 10% off your highest ticketed item. I am uh, I would be School of Hufflepuff. School? Oh, you would be Hufflepuff. I totally would You be. just look like a Hufflepuff. Like, I roll Hufflepuff. You're just Huffle. Huffle, Hufflepuff. Gotcha, Hufflepuff. What, what would you be, Colt? I'd be the poor plebeian that doesn't know what house he's Slytherin. in. No, he Slytherin. would be Slytherin. What's the other one? Ravenclaw. You'd Ravenclaw. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. no. I don't, listen, he's not clever enough for Ravenclaw. He's not clever enough for Slytherin. He's not evil enough for Slytherin. He's evil. No, he's not. I look at him and all I think is this guy steals candy from babies. <laughs> I you. will turn this podcast around right now, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the second I don't steal candy from babies. I eat candy given to me by you babies. eat babies wow watch yourself wow i didn't say that. um this They're is what we like to talk about uh this is gonna be thug. great when you run for office eventually yeah, right he's never done right that. so uh looks like we talk about the movies around the globe nerd style so hey you guys made fun of me last week i finished defenders oh yeah congratulations okay Thanks. so what did you think at the end i liked it like the whole thing i thought okay. the end was lamely ambiguous i i think i called you when i finished yeah, we talked no. about it yes and i do often do i said yes we do um, and I do think the ending focused more on Matt Murdock and Daredevil characters yeah. than it did really tie the other three into it. Yeah, by the end, it was sort of like Daredevil and his friends. Right, and so yeah. you definitely, you said it kind of dragged a bit, but I enjoyed it. Even the one where you like, it's a whole episode where they're in the... the Chinese food place. Oh, Chinese buffet, nine yeah, weeks man. strong. 
still going. But yeah, I um, I enjoyed the whole thing, man. I, I really thought they they had the character development and they they did the cool stuff with Luke Cage and uh, Iron Fist. Yeah, they even had Jessica Jones and and Daredevil hit it off a little bit. Uh, it, it was good. It's very very entertaining. Whenever she kills Sigourney Weaver's character, spoiler alert! Right, that was that, way out of the blue. Yeah, I didn't expect. I that. didn't see that coming. Wait, are we? Are we? Is this spoiler safe now? I mean, it's yeah, been yeah, out yeah, long yeah. enough. It's way okay, the so my big complaint is that they decided to blow up the building at the end of the show, and the problem I had kind of with that is Jessica Jones clearly calls that out as domestic terrorism. Yeah, yeah. And they just go, oh yeah, we're we're just gonna do this. Yeah, but if there's a at, huge amount of collateral damage. Yeah, but look at the nah. Battle of New York, like in the Avengers movie. Yeah, they're stopping aliens, but do you think they care about what they destroy to stop the aliens? I think it's I mean, a little... they destroy the whole entire city. Well, Hulk yeah. is jumping from building to building, just smashing so, buildings. So here's the here's the problem with comic books, quote unquote, being real world. Go right? for it. When you when you blow up a building, there are consequences. consequences. Tony Stark, as the Iron Man and Hulk are fighting in Avengers 2, he says to his broken Jarvis, how quick can we buy a building? Because he's about to drop a whole building yeah. on the Hulk. So you start thinking about the ramifications. They've talked about this all the time in Marvel Comics. Depending on who the writer is for Hulk, Hulk has either killed tens of thousands of people when, when he hulks out and rages, or he's killed no one. As a matter of fact, if you read The Ultimates, which is an alternate version of Marvel, very good story. Uh, when he hulks out and the Avengers fight him, it's the first arc. In the aftermath of that, they're doing like 9-11 style he's in ceremonies. Jail. He's in Bruce Banner's in jail. Yeah. Well, actually, they're using him as a secret weapon. Right. But they're doing 9-11 style ceremonies for all the dead that happened because the Hulk killed thousands of people tearing right. up New York City. Uh, and when you go, when you start thinking about the Hulk rampages, like he, he smashes an entire small town. There's no way no one died. There's no way no one right. died. Um, it's like when, this is going to sound bad to say, it was like when Hurricane Harvey was happening here in Houston, and initially the death toll was like two. Like... Uh, a neighbor of mine, we were all in the house together watching, and he was like, that's that's really low. I'm really happy. I'm very surprised. That's probably not true. And it wound up that that wound up not being the death toll. It wound right. up being a lot more. But at the time, what was being reported was two. And that's just rain. You start talking about a thunder god or a guy who could throw a shield faster than a football. Like, I mean, right. you start but having— even in the, the Defenders, you know, they blow it up, but then— Yeah, it, no one's in the building. Matt Murdock made sure. It See, gets, it gets I, I think my complaint is not necessarily that they just blew up the building, but— you can't really compare it to when the the battle for New York happened because when you have this alien force coming in, like you have to act right now and you have to do everything you can to well, save the planet. Well, you have to do everything you can to stop the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have to do everything to stop the hand, but it's 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 two different battlefronts. You've got aliens, which everyone can clearly see, and then you. But got, they still blame them for it, and they yeah, even in all the movies past it, it, it still comes up. Now, the biggest thing about this movie is leading into my new news of the of the week. Oh, okay. Or this this uh, Netflix episodic. Is when we're talking afterwards, we, oh, we okay. start talking. So we, I'm like, okay, so what's it? You think the hands coming oh, down? Okay, you okay. think the hands coming back? And so we started getting into what's next. And I said they're gonna put the hand on the back burner for a minute. And then Daredevil, because here's how here's how the story went. My thought was, okay, is this gonna be the episode or second or season three of Daredevil, where in the comics Daredevil becomes leader of the hand? Is that where they go with this? Infamously called the Shadowland arc. And the reason that would matter is. Luke Cage and Iron Fist are both in that arc. Right. So it could fit that they would come back and, and do so this. I ask you, because, you know, you... Right. As much knowledge as I have about certain things, comics is something you have more knowledge than true. I. true. That's my will. And I, so I said, where do you think they go? And what was your response? I immediately said, I think they put the hand on the bench. And they do what? They go back to the kingpin. And the mm -hmm. reason they go back to the kingpin is because there's still some people they haven't even pulled out. It's season three of Daredevil. 
and we still haven't seen his arch nemesis, Bullseye. And guess what they're going to do in season three? Uh, is this announced? They're bringing, real? Not Bullseye, but Kingpin will be back season three. Yeah. That's See? a smart so, move. Because so as he, I read it, yeah, as I read it, I was like, man, Corey knows his stuff, man. I'd really, that's, thank you. That's thank my you. homie. That's my heterosexual life partner, Boom. Corey DLG. And that's, it's just, to me, it's the common sense of where you go with that character. Because if you, all you only do is hand, then at some point you've got to kind of look around and go, okay, well, we're done with like... How much yeah. hand can you do, especially now that the, the hand fought everybody? <laughs> but now that, okay, so you think Iron Fist is supposed to be killing the hand. Right. Uh, Daredevil's been fighting the hand for two seasons. Stick's job is to kill the hand. Right. Uh, Luke Cage unknowingly has been crossing paths with the hand his whole season. And uh, Jessica Jones now just got involved. Right. Here. So, like, yes, it was a great tie-in, but now that they've all met, we can now do something else. Right. Like, they can and fight anybody else. They can do Serpent Society now. Kingpin made season one, and that's why a lot of people think Daredevil season one is the best out of all of the shows. Yeah, absolutely. So coming back, it's going to be great. But we're going to flip into the second set of news, which Uh-oh. I thought was very interesting. Okay. We talked about this a couple weeks ago with the Batman movies and stuff. Okay. How they had um, announced that originally in the, in the Batman movie, with Ben Affleck was going to be doing, right? that the main character villain would be Deathstroke. And we talked about how here lately... They've pushed away from that. And the guy who's in it, the guy who signed as Deathstroke, he said both that he... He said he's not a liberty to discuss. Joe Magigliano, uh, uh, right? Sofia Vergara's husband. Yeah, that's all. That Joe Sofia Vergara's cousin. Right, oh, cousin, <laughs> husband. <laughs> so today I read a bit of news. Oh, that now DC is pushing to do a Deathstroke solo movie, solely on uh, Deathstroke. No, I'm out. So no, I'm here, out. Here, buying here, it. Yeah, here's here's two sides of the coin here. And how are you introduce him? Like, are you just gonna Throw him out his own movie and expect him to gain traction, or right. introduce him in some way somewhere else in spinoff. Which I don't know if it's going to work, but for Joe, a guy who yeah, good news for you, good buddy. news for you, man. You, you signed might on get your to, own film, right? You signed on to do a Batman movie, and now suddenly you're going to be like in a trilogy. So I forget the director's name that they're pursuing that wants to do it, but apparently this guy's a up and coming awesome director when it comes to fight scenes and fight movies and stuff. We can fact check it and talk about it later in the show. Uh, but they brought him in to possibly do Justice League Dark. And so he came in to, you know, do that, and he wasn't too thrilled with the idea. Right, but that's he a terrible used, idea. But he used that meeting to pitch his thoughts on a Deathstroke movie, and apparently DC liked what he had to say so much that now they want to pursue so here's, making a Deathstroke. So here's how they drop the ball. You bring, in a, you bring in a guy who, like, knows choreography and fight choreography, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you know what the one complaint that no one's ever said, but I think everyone's always felt? Sure. Batman's fighting hasn't been very good in any of the movies. No. This best one is the Batman versus Superman when he's on the floor and he's slinging the crates around and, yeah, yeah. and hurting people bad. But before that, you never really see a good Batman fight scene in Mm-mm. any of the movies. Any of the movies. Even when he fights the Joker, they dance around and they twirl around, but it's right, not, right. Like a, not like a comic book Batman fight. Correct. So the opportunity is there to do... To have him direct Batman and have him showcase Deathstroke and maybe even involve Suicide Squad in a way. So, like, you could have Deathstroke beat up on Suicide Squad and lose to Batman, and you understand the pecking order. Right. And you're like, okay, he's better than these guys, but he's clearly not Batman. But they're real stuck on the guy who did the um, trilogy for Planet of the Apes. Yeah, whatever. And now those are terrible movies. I I haven't seen them. They're good. No, they're, 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 it's a solid trilogy. They're about a mon- Plus they're they're about about to, monkeys. They're about to start. Um, the first one's okay. I haven't seen the other. Second yet. one's really good too. They're about to start filming Suicide Squad too. My whole thing with DC, and we're gonna we're up against it here, so we're gonna jump out. 
Because it doesn't seem like they have like a real legit plan. No, they keep changing their mind yeah. every week. Oh, we got Aquaman next, and then it's probably going to be the Shazam movie. Oh, now we want to develop a Batgirl. Oh, and Deathstroke. Oh, and there's uh, Suicide Squad 2. We don't know what's going on. Let's just let's just throw a bunch of mud against the wall, whatever stick sticks. Right. And I think that's clearly why Marvel succeeds. And where DC still makes the money, it feels discombobulated, right? Like, it feels like they don't know what they're doing. Right. We know what we're doing, and that means we're taking a break. When we come back, our friend El Campeon Gino will be in studio. You're listening Ooh. to Nerd Thug Radio. Hashtag talking nerdy to you. All right, guys, we've come to the point in the show where we need to tell you about our friends, Space Cadets. These guys host all of our favorite nerd events on a regular basis, from Hero Clicks to Dungeons and Dragons, from Pokemon to Star Wars Destiny. They've got it all. With one of the largest nerd inventories I've ever seen, there's practically nothing you can't find at Space Cadets. Brian has long been a friend of the show, and the most important thing to stress to you guys today is how family-friendly and great-to-go-to Space Cadets really is. The Savage family regularly makes the trip there, and Joey, Nico, and myself regularly play different events there. Check the Facebook page for times and games scheduled this week. That's Space Cadets Gaming Gaming Collection Collection on Robinson Road in the Woodlands. When you go, let them know that Nerd Thug Radio sent you, and you get 10% off your highest ticket item. That's right. Save 10% off your highest ticket item if you say Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. Uh-oh. I'm the Captain Joey Savage. Corey DLG. And I'm Cole Baldridge. In this segment, we are joined by a friend of ours, the Latin heartthrob, Gino of professional wrestling. What what's, up, man? What's up, man? You forgot about adding to the El Campeón. El Campeón. You know, yeah. as soon as the, the first time... That I heard you say that. That's like now my punchline. It is. He Only because it. I've won fantasy football like three years in a row. Oh, really? So I'm, He won one league. Three years. Like, <laughs> he plays in 25 leagues. Well, one of them, I make all of them call me El Campeon. Yeah, right. You got to do the little thing. Too. I do. Yeah, he, he does like this weird like, <laughs> like he's like throwing a rose at somebody. I actually like do it in the middle of like some of these, like, like when we're recording, sometimes I'm just like, El Campeon. Yeah. Okay. Actually, what I'm talking about you usually. When I cook food, I throw the salt. So, <laughs> so Gino is with uh, Reality of Wrestling, someone we've partnered up with a um, couple of times. A couple of times, actually, like three or four now. It's always been a, a blessing. I remember before we get going into um, you get into the wrestling business. I remember when I when I booked the first event we ever did. It was Summer Champions Three. We got hooked up. Like, hey, I come down on a Friday, do some interviews. And so on the way down there, we were thinking, okay, we're gonna get you know some of the B B list. Um, Wrestlers. Wrestlers, right? Like right. Some of those guys. And uh, as soon as we walk in, I saw you walking by, and I, I hit Corey like, dude, look, that's that guy's the champion of this promotion at the time. He's like, no, nah, really is it? And you walked over, you're like, hey, what's up, guys? And like, yeah, I'll go first. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> right. This this is way cooler than I thought. Yeah, we definitely left feeling like they don't know who we are because they gave us, like, access to too much talent. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, they gave us everybody. That was their fault. Yeah. Uh, but that was actually a really good time we had. We interviewed a lot of people that day. Oh, man. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was nuts. Like, did you guys interview that We time? interviewed you. We interviewed Rex. Yep. We interviewed Ryan Davidson, mm-hmm. JJ Blake. We interviewed uh, Ivory mm-hmm. or Robin. Ivory. Where does she go by? Ivory, right? Ivory. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then that was actually the, the debut of... Uh, well, then Brock... He hadn't, yeah, Brock hadn't started anything Brock. yet. Brock. Brock <laughs> Yeah, he was still in the uh, training mode, and he was, like, very timid. It was, oh, it was great, because his interview was very, like... So-so? So-so. And then we were like, hey, man, cut a promo real quick. Just how you do things. And, like, all of a sudden, he's just, like, his whole persona changed. Like, he got into character. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. We also did uh, Chris Russo, too. 
Yeah, we did. Fun, fun. Interview. Is he still? I didn't. I didn't yeah. see him this year. Is he still around? Yeah, he does the announcer. Okay, okay. Backstage interviews. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah okay. Fun. So Gino, Russo, shout out to Russo. 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 So Gino, at the young age of twenty-one, you were the youngest reality of wrestling heavyweight champion, two-time. Youngest, two-time, two-time. Two time. Two time. And you, you're still racing for that third one. Yeah, man. If I do that, I'll be the first ever youngest and the first ever three-time, three-time reality wrestling champion. So how long um, How long have you been at professional wrestling? When did you start? Um, well, I've been in professional wrestling since I was like a little kid, man, because, you know, I basically grew up into the business. Right, right. You know, I was at all the AAA shows. As a baby, I remember. Well, I don't remember people. You know, the wrestlers are telling me about how they would carry me as a baby and whatnot. Because your dad was a professional wrestler. Yeah, right? yeah, and AAA and uh, CMLL Consejo Mundial. Those are the two, the two biggest in Mexico. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Spanish for free pineapple. Yeah. They're like the yeah. WWE. I like pineapple, man. See, yeah. that's great. Yeah, that's yeah. why it's free. <laughs> I have pineapple in my shoes. What? That's okay. an overshare. Moving on. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but basically, uh, but I started training and whatnot uh, when I was fourteen. Who'd you start training under? Uh, this old school luchador. It's funny how, how it all works, though. Uh, this guy was kind of like my dad's arrival yeah. in Mexico. So it's funny that he's the one that started training me. You know, he kind of became a sensei in a way. You know, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a good story. Yeah, he's, he was very old school, very, like, laid back. And uh, laid back and, like, he was very, uh, he, had, he had a lot of patience with me. Okay. Because when I first started, man, I... I I couldn't even do a role, man. Well, I bet. Yeah. I mean, you're 14 and yeah. you're starting to learn how to wrestle. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to wrestle now. <laughs> I don't even know how to fight now. So. But this guy, man, this guy would, you know, have me running ropes, rolling around. I would roll around for, I rolled around for two years. I saw, and I was taught how to do just roll, roll. and roll and roll and roll. And he would make me run all, all over the place and whatnot. Uh, I would get tired first and he would. Yeah. He would be so mad at me. But this guy would never get tired. It was, it was crazy, man. You would see other people come in. They'll get tired first. And I'm like, damn, man, how do you do this? Like, how do you not get tired? Yeah. <laughs> Still don't know, man. Sometimes they just got it. And so you you wrestled, you wrestled in Mexico some until you were... No, I didn't wrestle in Mexico. Never? No. Always here in the States? Yep. So what was your... How old were you in your first match? I was 16. So what was that like, being 16? You had a mask on, obviously. Um, what was that like, just being a 16-year-old kid in a locker room full of dudes? I had no confidence. Uh, then that's uh that was my biggest thing that I, yeah. I was like I was so scared and so like timid kind of like how you were talking about Brock I was very like timid when I first came yeah. in. I didn't know what to do I didn't know what to say but I knew I could you know kind of uh do most of the things they could do just because of training and whatnot right. like I'm very thankful that I got trained by the guy that I, by the guy that I got trained by his name is El Monje Negro that was his name Okay. Was basically as a black monk. That's a great name. Yeah. That's a great name actually. Yeah, and he uh he trained very well, man, uh with a Lucha Libre, which basically I went in. I was very, you know, nervous, very timid, but I knew that everything that he had taught me that I could like go on and be a good luchador. 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 That's so, awesome. So what's um kind of talk about the transition then from being a luchador to being now a wrestler? And, you know, I say that the people who don't know, they're not the same thing. The luchadors, the masks, the tradition, there's a lot more, almost like a samurai-style honor code to the whole th process of how they do it versus now being in a wrestling business. Kind of talk about that transition. Um, it was hard because even uh, if you go way back to the reality of wrestling, man, you can find me as, as uh, my luchador name that was Thunder Jet. 
That was my Witch of the Ring. That is a fantastic. Like, you yes. should have been a Transformer. <laughs> like, did you turn into other stuff as you wrestled? It's funny, man. I, I used to Google myself, right? I was at school, whatever. I was like, oh, let me Google myself. <laughs> and I would find, like, a bunch of random boats. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not me. How nope. could you not Google yourself, though? Like, why? I mean, I could go myself now. I, I would in, do it. I would do it now if I thought it would be anything other than mug shots. <laughs> type in Nerd Thug Radio, Google Images, and there's just so much. Like we're the only ones there. That's great. Okay, that's, that's cool. cool. So, um, how did you get into like reality wrestling? How did how did that all come about? Oh uh, well, they uh, won at a Luchador one time. They okay. won at a Thunder Jet. Okay. <laughs> so I go to reality wrestling. You know, I get there. Uh, I have a match against. Aiden Cristiano. Hey. That's my debut match, man, against him. Oh, uh, talk more yeah. about that later. Yeah. And like I said, I was very uh, timid, like very nervous when I first got there because, you know, you're wrestling from Booker T. I was yeah. like, oh my God. I was 16. So I was like, oh my God. Like, uh, uh, man, I was so nervous when I first got there. I like fell off the ropes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that That's was awesome. finished, man. I fell off the ropes. Aiden Cristiano capitalized. Bam, he beat me. Uh, but uh, yeah, they won the Luchador. I sticked around after that. Talked to Booker. He's like, hey, kid, we got to take that mask off. I was like, why? And, you know, that's how the Latin heartthrob was born. He's yeah. like, oh, because you're, you're a Latin heartthrob, kid. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so he kind of helped you come up with that uh, that persona. Uh, yeah, but before that, I was actually, I had another name. I was just TJ for the yeah. longest. And uh, I would just run around with some red tights and just try and kick people and whatnot. I had no confidence, man, yeah. at all. Like, that's where uh, Gino came in. Had no confidence. I was over here uh, messing up all the time. I was not good at all. <laughs> so I just kept training and training and training. I finally got that confidence uh, training on Booker's. And that's how Gino came up. You know, a lot of people know about old school wrestling. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you yep, know yep. about it. Gino Hernandez. Okay. Yeah. So that's where I was born from. Yeah, Gino. I mean, Booker loved uh, Gino Hernandez. So he was, oh, you're going to be Gino. I was like, all right, cool. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, I'll work <laughs> it. Yeah. So he's kind of like a little little Vince Light, right? Like he kind of walks through and just if he throws a pitch at you, you're pretty much, okay, I guess that's what we're doing now, huh? Yeah. Um, but uh, he's very, uh, he'll give you, hey, this is what I want. You come up with it. Okay. Basically, you're going to be right. Gino. I want you to be, you know, you're going to get the girls and whatnot. You know, I want the, the all the ladies yeah. to, to like you. I was all right. I'll be the Latin heartthrob then. That, yeah, it, it, it's worked. And as you can see, you can find it. Instagram and uh, Twitter is TLHT underscore underscore, the Latin heartthrob. You follow Gino and all his travels. So your finishing move, when the first time I saw it, it's the first time I had seen it since probably Gil Kim had done it. And it, you call it the Scarlet Letter, which is a dope name. <laughs> um, now, for those of you who watch, like, WWE, it's the same finisher that Enzo Amore does now. They just came out of nowhere and, and started doing it in the last month. How does that feel seeing your finisher like, I mean, I like Enzo. You said you liked Enzo, but dude can't really wrestle well. And it's like he watched the reality of wrestling happen on yeah. fight on the fight app and stole you. You know how I found out he was doing my finish? Yeah. From Booker. Yeah? He's like, hey, man. <laughs> you seen you seen Enzo? And I'm like, no, why? He's doing your shit, man. Oh, can I say that word? I can't say that word. <laughs> it's right? all right. He'll, he'll, He's doing we, your we stuff, man. man. Yeah, he'll, he'll buzz it out. He's yeah. doing your finisher, man. He's doing your feces, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, that's it's it's um that's crazy. Yeah, uh so basically uh went back and saw that and uh and I was like, okay. But of course, I don't know, he just didn't uh to me what I've learned in wrestling is that you can do any move that you want as long as you make it special. 
Right. You know I mean? No, definitely. I could throw a clothesline, and then the guy before me could throw a clothesline. Well, I mean, you've got Okada in Japan. Yeah. His finisher is basically a clothesline. A clothesline. Yeah. But he does it so seriously. Yeah, that's yeah. his finisher. But he just he there's so much passion inside of it. That's there's like the like, Shinsuke just, Nakamura knee. That's pretty. Dope, I mean, I, that's pretty dope. Finish. Everybody does knee. It, it drives me crazy. You're right because everyone does a knee, but but. His he poses is, before he does his, and, and then his he poses is, afterwards. Just, there's just so much energy behind his knee. Yeah, and the crowd yeah, gets into it. Same thing with Okada yeah. and his clothesline. Yeah. The Rainmaker. Yeah. The the first. I mean, uh, when I uh, started watching wrestling, and when not when I started watching wrestling, but when I went into the business, I was a big uh, CM Punk fan. Yeah. And I would hear him all the time talk about. They asked him one time, "What was uh, some advice that you heard, like you know, coming into the business?" He's like, "Eddie Guerrero told me one time, it's not the move that you do, it's what you do after." the move does that count so now I was like okay okay and that's when I see Enzo doing my finisher scarlet letter I'm like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it when I saw him hit it the first time we're gonna get out to a break here when I saw him hit it the first time I was like man he must be watching reality of wrestling because <laughs> really you were the only person I've seen yeah recently do it yeah I, I can't ever. think of anyone else like, doing it he, someone must have tipped him off like that he, he didn't come up with that stuff on his own now he does have yeah. a pretty cool name for it the DDG which is does he call it that? yes yeah, the oh, DDG okay. is that the DDT the DDG I do like that. Yeah, muscles marinara. But let's jump out to a break real quick. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the upcoming pay-per-view of Reality Wrestling. Gino and Aiden Cristiano one more time. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Nerd Club Radio. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Austin Ford, your favorite NHRA race car driver. And if you are listening to Nerd Thug Radio, you're doing the right thing. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. I'm the Captain Joey Savage. Corey DLG. And I'm Cole Baldridge. You're listening to us on Condos FM 104.5, 106.1, Sister Stations. And worldwide at IRLomestar.com. Don't forget, you can catch us at Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. That's true. That's very true. We got El Campeon, the Latin heartthrob Gino in here for one more segment. That's right. Today. We're in the presence of greatness. The presence yeah. of El Campeon. <laughs> Wait, we can't yeah. call you that though right now, can we? El Campeon. I'm a campion of life, man. Like, oh, life. oh, okay. All right. I didn't realize it was so complete, yeah, so man. thorough. Okay. All yeah. right. That's fair then. So coming up uh, November 11th, Reality Wrestling, Fall Fury. That's your next Ooh, guy's next recording. Yeah. Um. So you know your match yet? You and Aiden Cristiano, y'all figured out this stuff yet? I don't know what's going to happen, man. I just know. So it's been going, what, you and Aiden Cristiano have been battling over the heavyweight title for, what, six, seven, eight months now? Probably like six. Six months? Five months. Yeah, it might be longer than that. Let's see. If we're in October and... How are you going to tell him when he's been fighting for his title? I mean, <laughs> you look, if you need to give him the Scarlet Letter, man, I'm not going to stop. Okay. I'm like, like the I, Ken Rosenthal. Of I can't fall on the ground, though. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. <laughs> talked about this. I wouldn't either. <laughs> when was the... Um, it was, uh, what, May was the... Um, the uh, I'm not going to help match, you. right? Was that May? So that was five months ago, and you had already been fighting a little bit, so yeah. about six months, I guess. Yeah. Oh, did he answer that correctly? He said five. I said okay. six. All so right. I'm gonna Just take. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take kick. the win here. Got him. <laughs> um, yeah. So you guys have been fighting, and it's it's been insane. Like honestly, not to give any doubt about Cristiano's talent in the ring. When I first saw, you know, you guys were gonna go for the belt, I was like, well, because he hadn't really been doing anything. Uh, I've seen him wrestle before. I know he's very talented, but they didn't really have a storyline that was sticking. Um, and then you two, and like all of a sudden, hit both of y'all's games just elevated. Over yeah. the last six months, and it's been very, very interesting to watch and very entertaining. Um, I have a theory. Go. What you got? So my theory is is that you two 
secretly hate each other. And that's why you guys have been like doing such a great job with these matches. Because it's just fun for both of you to hurt each other. Because you're like, I don't care if you made it or not. Like, it doesn't bother me. I don't care. Like, because sure, you guys are always like, everyone's always friends backstage, and you know, everyone's working together to get a show to go well. But like, I feel like you two hate, hate each, each other. other. Yeah. yeah, maybe, or it could be that he trained me. You know, we talked no, about no. this. No, no, before no, this. no. Mm. So he, so is he the one that helped you kind of build that confidence in reality of wrestling? Uh, I will say so. He was the one that uh, kind of took me to the reality of wrestling. You know. You know, back in my day, I was over <laughs> hard throbbing too much, you know. <laughs> I was, and I took his girl. And, and that's where it, that's where it all switched. Yeah. He, he <laughs> those heart throbbing days got yeah. to you. Yeah. I, I do want to say going into, into the last event, after Summer of Champions four, on this show, on the interviews I did with you, I pushed cage match for the last event. That's true. I mean, I was on Twitter, I was everywhere, and you guys fought in the cage match. Yeah, so. Every day. Like, he was. Day. He was hammering it. Every day I was like, Booker T, reality wrestling, Gino. And he doesn't have Twitter. I don't think Aiden does. So I was like, cage match. I'm calling it right now. I, I think they listened. They did. And uh, it was pretty brutal from what I understand. Yeah. You made it out alive though, huh? It was pretty It was pretty crazy, man. Uh, I think I had a concussion after that. Oh, is, it on the, is it on the fight app yet? Is that Not yet. It's coming up. It'll probably be the next week or so, I would think. Just keep looking on. So reality wrestling is on the fight app, which you can download on your phone. It's on Roku. Uh, it's got all your huge, all the huge fight stuff. UFC, yeah, it's better than TV. It's better than TV. It really is because you can watch it anywhere, anytime, anywhere for free. No commercials. No commercials. Look, okay, for free. I see, I see four, four eyes on me right now. <laughs> I'm not scared. We'll do this right now. I mean, I don't handicap think, match. I don't think you have a shot. I'll go down swinging though. <laughs> no, we we would have this talk off air, and uh, you know the comparisons between going. You guys were on CW, and then now this kind of transition. When y'all internally had that conversation, does that is that a, like does Booker T make a big announcement, or does he basically just kind of tell you guys, "Hey, CW's over, we're doing this now"? Uh, yeah, it was basically that. You know, CW, uh, we were there for a while. And we had like another showtime. It was like, it was like eleven. It was like Sunday mornings. Yeah, like eleven a.m. or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where everybody's at church because yeah. we're all good Christians. But again, <laughs> TiVo. Like, it's just the thing, like, I, man, I'm hammering no this. No one even calls it TiVo anymore. It's I don't DVR. Care. I don't even okay. know what that is. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, DVR, bro. Like, the very first product that recorded television for you was a separate guy. It was a little box that you would plug into your TV. Called TiVo. And it was called TiVo. Now it's DVR. It, right, and now it's, now it's a yeah. standard feature on all television. Okay. But I just always called it TiVo because, like, it's I... It's so old. Well, yeah. just, it was such a good idea back then. I mean, also, I don't want to say it, but, you know... You know, the young people nowadays. Also, TiVo would <laughs> recommend television for you. Like, TiVo wanted also, to be your buddy. now, all the young kids are going to mobile apps on their no, phone. No, and they are. They are. And look, we, 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 we've talked about the cable unplugging and all that. Cut the cord. Right. We've, talk, we've, we've talked all about this. I'm just... The transition to me from television to the apps, I feel like... It's not the direction I would want to take something. I would want to go the opposite way. I would right. want to try and go from app to TV. But I also understand you guys are going to get more eyes on you this way, and you can kind of control the content and the product better this way. Yeah. So I, I understand the maneuver. I just also feel like it's like when a couple was living together, and then once that lease is up, they both move separately but stay together. You're like, wait, what just happened? I don't think it's anything did, similar to did that. Did they break yeah, up? I What's going on I now? I think that's a bad It's like a backwards. It feels like that's a, a good comparison. Yeah, it feels like a backwards move, I but I, I guess so. the reason. I don't, I don't think it's a good comparison. You don't think that's a backwards move to go from TV no, to app? No, I don't. I don't, I don't think it's so a backwards move to go from local television Saturday at midnight to now the largest global app for wrestling, wrestling app yeah. and fight app. Ever. Plus, now you guys can do live shows. 
Yeah. Which, that part is that December part is the Christmas Power Ranger. Yeah. The green Power. Yeah, that guy. I don't know about that guy. <laughs> Jason David. Is he going to get in the ring? Is he going to fight somebody? I don't know. Or is man. he going to be like the time you had Kurt Angle and he just came out and waved his hand? And Kurt like, Angle can't fight. That's why he did that. Kurt Angle, Kurt, Kurt Angle. He wrestled like seven times after that, too, which is right. so crazy to me. But you and I were there. We yeah. were there at reality. So we were there in the crowd that uh, Summer Champions 3. I think what happens is that since we were on TV and he was like TNA or whatever, yeah. he couldn't be on TV. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, well, but we, but just hit, watching him walk into the ring. Yeah, it was like, like we both said, like that hurt us. Like yeah. he, he couldn't come to like he couldn't straighten his legs out. Like it, yeah. he was like hunched. Right. And then he wrestled like five her, times after that. Her stories right. are like if you see him walking around like that, uh, he just walks that all the that's time. That's how he but walks you see him wrestle. You see him like actually wrestling. He's yeah. Like, so well, yeah, he just wrestled. <laughs> well, yeah, but after we saw him, he uh, he did some stuff with um, what culture pro wrestling. Yeah. Over in England. Right, right, doing. right. Yeah, and uh, with him, and then he wrestled Alberto Del Rio, too. And uh, I was like, oh, this okay. looks like nothing that the guy I saw get in the reality wrestling yeah. ring and just, like, wave. And, like, like it's just like it just it. flips. Right. It's like, it just switch just turns on. Well, yeah, he... It he, happens, man. Yeah. yeah. He activates his power pills, <laughs> and he's good for an hour. Yeah, we, no, he's been sober for... It's weird how that works. Like, I have a messed up shoulder right now, and my elbow is all, like, swollen. I don't know why. But as soon as I'm wrestling, bam. Boom. Then adrenaline yeah. kicks in. You don't even think about it. Yeah, I just got to do this. And I just try to <laughs> <laughs> so you've kind of started making a name for yourself also just on the indie scene, kind of all over. Like you you go to Oklahoma. You're going to be this past weekend. You were in Corpus in, in Dallas. You do a lot of stuff in Virginia. Yeah. Um, I'm going North Carolina. I'm going to be wrestling Rex at WrestleCade. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, man, I want to go there. You and Rex Andrews WrestleCade, right? Yep. Yeah. You're going to be wrestling against them? Yeah. Yep. Oh, no. Yeah. Who do we, how what do we, weekend is that? How do we root for that one? Uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, so like, it's WrestleCade, which is like a big wrestling festival type. Well, yeah, yeah, it sounds, it sounds they festival. Of, they do a bunch of showcases. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys that, you know, Pentagon, you know, Ricochet. I don't yeah. know about Ricochet, but uh, Scott Hall. You know, yeah, there's Kevin a lot of, Nash, yeah, there's tons of people. There. It's like a wrestling convention. And Rex versus, yeah. How, how do you cheer for? Who I would we, love to, like, I would want to, like, that's, that's the next step, right? So like. I have my idea off air that we talked about with you and La Familia, but if you win the title, like you and Rex should do a program together. Like that'd be insane. I think everybody wants that. Or even you and Ryan Davidson. Like I, I could go for that. Yeah. Like that'd be good. That would have a lot of fun catchphrases. I yeah, feel like. it would. That would be that would be a fun one on the mic. Yeah, that'd be a good one. We were uh, we were a team once in Virginia. Yeah, we were team Rhino. Team Rhino. <laughs> That's pretty good. So how did all this like end up? Like so, Virginia. You guys go to Virginia. Was it VCW? Is yeah, that right? Vanguard Championship Wrestling. Like how did that come about? Because a lot of reality wrestling guys, y'all go there. Like how did that partnership develop? Or um, they just call us. You know, yeah, they, uh, they see our stuff. Like, hey, we they tell Booker, hey Booker, we're gonna bring you and a couple of your guys. And how that worked, it was just like a one time thing. Went over there, uh, they were like, hey, we want you guys, we want all you guys back. That's awesome. Started going back and back and back, and you know, it's probably like two years already that we've been yeah. going over there. Yeah, yeah, because you guys are there. Then you go to Chicago, wrestle there as well, yeah. right? Yeah, this past couple of months, I, I was I went to Chicago, Virginia, Oklahoma, uh, Michigan. Ohio. That's crazy. Yeah. That's and, uh, the life right there. Yeah. And That's then, the yeah. life for a 21-year-old aspiring wrestler. Like, every weekend, just so, traveling the States. Real quick, I know we're, we're short on it. Chris Paul just did this documentary ESPN, followed him around. I don't want to talk about it later in the show. Yeah. But one of the comments they made is someone was like, so how is James doing? You talk to him a lot, and he goes, he's living the life. He's single, and he just signed a $100 million contract. Yeah. Like, think about that life. Like, right. yeah. Hard throbbing. Yeah. He's hard throbbing. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So like they're obviously so so right. big picture, we get about a minute and a half before we get out of here. Big picture, Latin heartthrob. What is what is the, I mean, is the ultimate goal you want to be on TV every Monday and Tuesday? WWE champion WWE, is that what we're doing? Ring of Honor, like if you would have asked me Japan, this, Japan. I mean, if you would have asked me this a couple of years ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, I just want to go to WWE. Right now, wrestling so out there right now, right? That I just want to make a living out of wrestling. That's one of the things that yeah. me and him had argued about. Me and Corey, we argued about this for probably five months straight when Cody Rhodes left WWE yeah. and we had different opinions on it. And I still think I was it was right. a mistake. He's making more money now he, than he right, ever did. Right. And I get that. I still think I it was, won that argument. You didn't know you didn't win it. Like I won it. when we had a, when we had a El Campeon. who did we have in here when we had Brock Baker, he yeah. was like, you want to, you always want to go to the biggest, most competitive, toughest field possible to succeed. Right. 10 years ago. But where do they get those guys from? No, they pull them. They do. They pull them from the other places. I don't disagree, <laughs> yeah. but they pull the best two from there. They don't. They don't keep everyone. They take two or three from there, yeah. two or three from there. They get the top one percent, and so like you still want to know if you could bang with the best. Yeah. So you still want to go to there, but like yeah, and I understand what Cody Rhodes did. Cody Rhodes was being kind of a whiny butt. He was like, oh, I'm middle card. I'm on television every week, but I'm middle card, and I want to be top card. Yeah. So he had to go and rebuild his name. I I said the mistake for him was. If he'd have waited, they did the brand split, and they were so depleted with injuries, he would have been in SmackDown's main event. Maybe. So, maybe. Yeah, don't he, know. He would have been. You don't know. He would have been. Maybe as he would have been their most experienced person on SmackDown. Maybe at that a point. Stardust. Yeah. But now he's the right, American and now Nightmare. he's now he's. That's the part of it is he didn't want to be Stardust. Right. That's true. That's the other part, and I get that I wanted to control it, so I could see that. Yeah, now he controls his character, but but yeah, that's that's kind of how that's kind of how we look too. I don't. We don't care about. Being huge stars, we just want to make a living, right? No, and I'm yeah. with you on that. If you can make a living doing what you want to do, that's not a bad gig. What life is about, man. That's, that's right. right. That's what heartthrobbing is. We're gonna jump out to a break here. Don't forget, you can catch uh, Gino at Twitter and Instagram, tlht underscore underscore. Check out uh, Reality Wrestling also on Facebook so and the Fight app and the Fight app. Third Thug Radio. Hey guys, Joey Savage here for our friends, Space Cadets. Gaming Gaming, located off Robinson Road in Oak Ridge. They've got everything. They've got games, toys. They've got action figures. They've got cards. They've got magic. They've got Dungeons and Dragons. Hero Clicks, my favorite. Uh, they've got everything. Yu-Gi-Oh, Vanguard. Whatever you want to do gaming-wise, go see my boy BMAC at Space Cadets Gaming Gaming. Just mention Nerd Thug Radio. He'll even give you 10% off. A deal you cannot beat. So check that out. That's Space Cadets Gaming Gaming on Robinson Road in Oak Ridge. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. I'm Joey Savage. Core DLG. And I'm like that kid who forgot to do his homework. That's, that's too much. Uh, yeah. you, it's, I it's took real, all the answers. Just, just real quick. Just real quick. I'm the intern. I'm the, intern. the uh, what's we called him? The young hipster Padawan. Just yeah. Boom. Just real, real quick. Evil, real quick. evil Waldo. Evil Waldo. Naldo. Naldo, it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. So good. I, don't, I don't hit good ones often. No, you really but don't. But we're halfway through the show. Hope you enjoyed the interviews with uh, our boy El Campeon. And we're at the weekly top three, and the young Padawan over here wants to take his chance yeah. at the Freestyle King, Corey DLG. So we're going to give him the floor today. I hope you can feel this. You're going down, Corey. Here we go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom. Nerd. Thug Radio. Buckle up now and hit the flow. Weekly top three, you and me. Talking about heartthrobs out the G. 
Boom. See, Corey, boom, 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 I never boom, really did boom, boom, much boom, boom, to care about. Boom, 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 boom. The animated assassin. Why are you laughing? I will oh give you full God. props. You started strong. You started strong. You started strong. You I was like, oh, the he's going somewhere. I like it. You had a couple uhs, like, where's my snare? And then, and then you fell then off the table. And then I quickly fall. ran out of gas. a hard fall. So that's, this week, that's what happens, man. You get two lines in, and you got to figure out where to go. Yeah. It's hard, man. It, it's not easy. Next week, we're going to debut the... We'll do a rap battle. The rap battle. Week. Yeah. yeah. The intern versus Corey DLG. <laughs> so this week, the weekly top three in honor of our friend Gino, the heartthrob. The Latin heartthrob. The Latin heartthrob. Yeah. We are going to be listing our top three heartthrobs. And by heartthrobs, I mean dudes. Right. Like you... <laughs> I don't know why you sent me that follow-up text to that because I was like, "Hey, that's a good point. Let's okay, let's do something with that." And then you were like, "Okay, we'll 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 do heartthrobs." And I said, "Okay, great." And then the immediate was like, "And by that I mean guys." I was like, "No, I said, and by that I mean dudes." And, and I was like, said, "Oh yeah, I got it." Yeah, I and got then it. I sent him a gif of uh, it's Kristen Ritter. I forget what show she's in. And it's Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment yeah, Thirteen. And she's like, "I am so into this." Right. You're like, like that's that's awkward. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. And then you sent me Stone Cold checking his watch. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, top three heartthrobs. We're gonna turn the worst first. Intern, who's your number three? This He's list a, was super easy for me, by the way. This this was super easy. Yeah, for you? I was done in like a matter of five seconds. This oh, is super ahead. hard for me. Yeah, okay. But that, that surprises me. <laughs> my number three is world class singer, world class actor, generally funny dude, Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark, pant dropping. Would you just call him a world class singer? <laughs> Because he was Marky Mark. Right. No, I got it. someone else in my top three. Pan dropping for trees. So Eminem uh, came on TRL and um, while Mark Wahlberg was promoting a movie on TRL. And Eminem hates Mark Wahlberg because he feels like one of the reasons white rappers have such a hard time breaking in was not just Vanilla Ice, but also Marky Mark. Uh, and so Eminem is on, the, on TRL for all of like eight seconds before he makes a Calvin Klein's joke. And is like dead shot staring at Mark Wahlberg like, let's do this right let's, now, let's you right and me. Now. I don't even want to battle. Right. Meanwhile, rap. Marky Mark is like trying to sell an Italian job or something. And yeah. he's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. that's a long time ago. Ha, 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 ha. Please don't stab me, crazy white guy. Mark Wahlberg's good, though, man. He's a great actor. He's developed. Yes. Let's be really no, clear. He, yes. It was rough. Uh, the Big Hit is one of my favorite like trash movies. Yeah, uh, and he's one of the reasons it's such a trash movie because he was such a bad actor back then. But he plays that really good when he gets those roles where he's he takes it way too seriously. Those it's eh, but when he gets those roles where he's like the guy from New York, like uh, what was that Four Brothers movie? Right. Yeah, that was a good one. That was good, but I almost feel like, uh, I almost this like it feels weird coming out of my mouth. Uh, that's because of Tyrese and Andre. Andre two thousand. Yeah. I don't but, want to uh, give him any credit. No, but I mean, he, he played he played his role. Good no, enough. he did. He did. He did. He's all right. I like seeing um, Mark, Mark, Marky Mark and stuff. I, it's funny because there's an interview he did when they did the other guys with uh-huh. Will Ferrell, uh-huh. Uh-huh. where basically oh he didn't he doesn't think he's funny, Marky Mark. Right. I'm gonna call him that. Mark, uh, Marky Mark. He doesn't think he's funny, and he said basically they came to him and suggested to be funny, and he was like, "Do you guys do you guys think that'll work?" And I, yeah, I'm not funny. And basically. I feel like Will Ferrell's been laughing at Marky Mark for 20 years, and he didn't know it. And then now he was like, yeah, come on, it'll be real funny. Because it started with Andy Samberg doing a bit where he's like, hey, I'm Mark Wahlberg. Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> and like, it kind of developed into Mark Wahlberg being the other guy. Yeah. Uh, and so I feel like that just means Will Ferrell's been laughing at him for like 20 Forever. years. Man, I, I really like that movie Like, because when it came out, it was this the relationship between Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell's characters was this one-to-one recreation of... 
the dynamic between me and my brother at the time it came out. Like, you That's know that funny. scene? You had seen at the beginning of the movie where Mark Wahlberg was like, I think you're a bad cop. And if you're a lion, how's a lion? You're a tuna. I'd eat you. Yeah. And then Wolfgang was like, a lion in the ocean? Lions don't like to swim. Like, that would have been a that actually could have been a conversation me and my brother could I have. I can literally picture you doing the whole Will Ferrell Tuna Sea Kingdom. It's definitely the dynamic also that Corey DLG and Angry Zach have. Yeah. Which is for which sure. Is great. Uh also I like <laughs> I like the Will Ferrell Gator story. And then I also like how Marky Mark is in love with Will Ferrell's wife in that movie. Yeah. You're so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's flip the script to Corey DLG. Right. You're number three heartthrob. So my number three heartthrob is uh the greatest New York Jets quarterback of all time. And you know this man just swam through it. You know it. Chad Pennington? Joe Namath? Joe Namath. Broadway Joe. Joe. Namath. Broadway Joe. The only guy who showed up to a football game wearing a, wearing a fur coat and long hair <laughs> yeah. and didn't care. and was the starting quarterback for the yeah. New York Jets. He kind of started that, like, prima donna Yeah. Yeah, because he was pretty, and he was okay with being yeah. pretty. He was like, I'm, I'm pretty. pretty. I'm so, so pretty. But right. that's not him. No, no. That's, but yeah. that's, that's a good line. Though. Right. But he, he embraced that whole... Sexy and successful, like pro sports athlete. Yeah, he was. Yes, he was probably because he already had it like in movies and music and stuff. Right, but he was one of the first pro sports athletes who was like, "Ladies, you should love this. Ladies, you should love me." And uh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Broadway Joe probably had a lot of seats to the show. Yeah, he probably did. Him and Ric Flair probably like competed against one. Styling and profiling. Styling and profiling. Limousine riding. Limousine riding. (laughs) Woo. Diamond wearing. <laughs> That's a good one. Joe Namath. My um, numero tres yes. is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Ah, Such very good. Very a heartthrob. Can, can I tell you actually one thing uh, sure, that, uh, about him this, that this I is, think this is what we're here for. discredits the heartthrob theory go ahead. about him? What do you got? He hangs out with this particular group of guys, and they essentially call them like the boys club or the mm-hmm. men's club mm-hmm. now. And like this, it's been the same group forever. And it's a couple Hollywood people, a couple of business guys, and some people he came up with. The new basi- pack. Yeah, sort of. He's like leading this little mini mob of like yeah. pretty boys. And um, like they all are purposely staying single and living this great single, rich, famous life in these yeah. big cities with these models and these yeah. actresses. And they're, they're doing it on purpose and they're kind of enjoying it. It's almost to the point now where it's a little obnoxious though. And as a matter of fact, like you start hearing, like they have feuds with people like Justin Bieber. Yeah. Like if you're going to rival somebody and Justin Bieber's who you wind up rivaling with, you're not, you're not manly. He's a heartthrob. So <laughs> I always was uh, a fan of his, of his work. And then, you know, 11 years ago when me and the old Ali Savage started kicking boots, she'd always told me if Leonardo DiCaprio comes knocking, I will leave you. And so then I had my female, which has changed numerous times. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to one up you. If Leonardo DiCaprio comes, I'm going to take him and leave you. I'm going to one up you myself. I don't know if that'll, I think, I think it would work. I think you're going to be left standing no. alone at the door. Plus, he's in the greatest movie of all time. Uh, don't. Departed? Gangs of New York. First oh of all, God. The Departed uh, is terrible, uh, and the Gangs of New York is whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Those are fighting words. The Departed is terrible. Fine. It's not that great. The Departed doesn't know how to end. Like, the first two hours are great, and then they have no idea how to end it, so they kill what everybody. What do we do here? We're going we're gonna to talk about this off the I air. Have, I have nothing to say. They kill but everyone. We're, it's, but we're it's, not. It's worthless. Gangs of New York, greatest movie ever. Not. What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Good one. That one's okay. Even Titanic, though, one of the yeah. greatest movies of all time. Yeah, that's him. All him. In, in, Inception, right? Inception. Inception. Fantastic. Or the one where he's on the island, the insane asylum, and you come to find Shutter out. Shutter Island, it was all right. He's uh, the one, he's you know, the one that's there. I predicted that entire movie from the first preview. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. We have. Shutter we have. Island, way, right, to, we got way a, to go. we got a few minutes here. Let's get to uh, the intern's number two. Yeah. 
defying your conventions that you totally did not tell me, my top number two is actually a chick. Okay. It's Kira Knightley. Does it count? Kira Knightley. Doesn't count. You no. never said uh, only guys. Kira Knightley. Yeah, okay. My favorite, right. What's your favorite Kira Knightley movie? The first Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, Domino, without a doubt. Domino is fantastic. Oh. Uh, she uses a butt double in that movie, though. I don't care. That um, movie's great. Also, King Arthur. That's a good one, too. Was fantastic. Man, I watched that a couple weeks ago. It's a good. It holds oh. up. It holds up well. It still holds up. It's right. like 10 years old. Right. She's so good in that movie. She is good in that movie, though. I like Kira Knightley. Okay, so like Domino's the, my favorite, though. The really crazy thing is, like, recently, uh, I Did rewatched- it have two guys from 90210 in it? Am I remembering that right? Oh, what, Domino? Yeah. Yeah. And then Brian Austin Green is in it, and he's handcuffed to something, and he cuts his arm off. Is Seven. that right? Such good stuff. That's that's Saw. No, I think. Uh, no, I feel uh, like I feel mm. like that's how it goes. Brian Austin Green loses a hand in Domino. Yeah, I think he's playing himself in that movie. Right, him mm. and Austin Ziering, I think, play themselves. Ian Ziering. Ian Ziering. They get yeah. handcuffed to each other in an RV. Yeah. The RV wrecks, and one or both of them loses a limb. Sounds like a good movie. It's Domino. It's the greatest. Domino. I've seen it. It delivers. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed. You like Kira Knightley and you've never seen Domino? This is like. Discredited. This was number like two. her like coming out party. So she does Dis- like. Discredited. She does like uh, the Christmas movie thing. Lawyer. She does, um, she does King Arthur. And then they're like, hey, this girl's kind of a big deal. Feature her. So they do Domino. And then from Domino, she does Pirates of the Caribbean. So, so Domino is really the like that was like her debut feature. That she's was the one where she's like and it's the based character. on a true story. It's based on a real person, although yeah. they're not that, as attractive. That, that doesn't sound no. right, especially because no. Domino came out in 05 no. and Pirates of the Caribbean came out in 03. No, well, it, I think maybe you, I've got the maybe I got the films backwards. Maybe it's yeah. maybe it's the Christmas movie in Pirates and then they do Domino. And but then Domino they do King is Arthur. like her first movie where she that's where it's like lead, starring. She's the lead role, right? And she was fantastic. You got uh, 40 seconds. Name off some more Keira Knightley movies. But you got it up. He's got a, he's got a Google Go. now, yeah. Go. Uh, 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 that uh, you've uh, not uh, seen, even though she's your number two. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Uh, she's been in Imitation Game, Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates of the Caribbean, Pride and Prejudice, and I'm one. out of scroll space. There you go. Shit. Jack Ryan? Really? Yep, yep. yep. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, it's about to come out, actually, I think. The new one with uh, yeah. John Krasinski. The yeah, Last yeah. Night, Never Let Me Go, A Dangerous Method, Edge of Love. Man, she's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, she has. She's Edge of Love. Uh, she was also in the Will Smith Collateral Beauty. Dr. Zhivago. Mm. Fantastic movie. Will Smith is amazing. He is amazing. Have you seen this new preview for that Netflix movie? Yeah, Bright? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, oh, I'm going to watch, watch it a hundred times. Wait, she was, in the, she was in The Phantom Menace, too. Yeah. Yeah. She was also in... She's one of the no. uh, handmaidens. Yeah. You didn't know this? No. She's standing right next to Natalie Portman for like four scenes. Duh. With that, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get more into the weekly top three. You're listening to Nerd Thug Radio. This is Elle Graves, cosplayer slash prop maker, and I like puppies. This is Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. We're in the middle of our weekly top three. We're listing our favorite heartthrobs, and by heartthrobs, I mean dudes, even though Colt didn't play the game right. I don't, like, I don't understand why you're emphasizing that again. Because you laughed, and that's what it's there for. <laughs> so uh, just to sum up where we've been so far, Colts number three was? Oh, yeah, it was Mark Wahlberg. Number two was? Kieran Knightley. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Your number three was Joe Namath. My number three was Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, kicking it over to my heterosexual life partner. What is your number two, Corey DLG? My number two is very, very specific. It actually 
Is it like a group of people? No, no. Okay. It's very specific. It's Nick Cage, specifically in the movie. <laughs> specifically. And you said Kara Knightley was terrible. Specifically in the Nick movie. Nick Cage is a good one. In, in the movie Face Off. That's a good one. He, he spends that entire movie making out and harassing every girl that's in a scene with him. Yeah. Every girl. He's trying to be John Travolta in real life. Right. <laughs> that right. Was so that was, great. Yeah. Except, I think. Nick Cage is great. He's something. I know he's made some dumb he's, decisions financially. He's something. But honestly, I don't know if I've ever flipped a Nick Cage movie and not enjoyed it in some way. Oh, I totally have. Which one? Uh, The Wind Talkers was terrible. Yeah. Uh, Both Ghost Riders were awful. I liked both of them. Next um, was terrible. Next was not terrible, Pretty but it bad. made less sense the longer you watch it. I like to go. And if you ever watch it a second time, it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, the pretty much everything Wicker Man and Beyond are all bad. Idris Elba. He's got Great. he's got one with uh, Christian Hayden. Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Yeah, that's the like the that the one where they they're like knights. Yeah. And like they're like. But they're like opium addicts, and yeah, Nick Cage great. is crazy. Isn't that like the Witch Hunter? That's like my life. They, it's called like Outcast or something. And yeah, the one like, with him and Jared Leto. Uh, uh Lord of War. That's, so That's good. a good one. So good. I was so disappointed by that movie. Really? You're disappointed. You it disappoint took like me. Twelve years to go watch that movie, and I was so let down. Jared Leto was really good in that you movie. Nick Cage me. was just playing Nick Cage, and it was like no character development. He doesn't have to. Just the Nick Cage persona is great. Right. Like. Yeah, I don't know. It is when he steals the Declaration of Independence, not when he's selling guns. Ban National Treasures one and two are Great. fantastic movies. I like. Nick they Cage. could make if he only made National Treasures. Yeah, that's it. And uh, like weird indie movies. Yeah, I think Nick Cage. Did you ever see his first directorial debut? Uh, which one was it? Sunny. It stars a young James Franco. It's set in Louisiana. And oh, James Franco plays a gigolo. Yeah, uh, I know. I hadn't. I haven't so seen good. it. Um. Man, I should have put James Franco on my list. No, think about it. there's nothing. There's nothing. He's my honorable mention. James Franco is my honorable. There's mention. nothing heartthrobby about oh, James Franco. There's everything heartthrobby. Matter of fact, many people have said he is creepy. All heartthrob is James Franco. He just he he, he is, is not heartthrob. He is right. the essence of honorable mention heartthrob for Joey Savage. Maybe he and Seth Rogen together because it'd be fun to hang out, but no, he's not That's a not even what a heartthrob means at all. Yeah, no. Right, just, no. just Jim Franco himself. Right, and I'm telling you, no, you're wrong. Well, you can't tell me you're wrong. It's my list. I'm no, telling you, you're, you're wrong, wrong too. The only you're person wrong. you can tell it's wrong is him and his dumb list. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Maybe if it gave me more than one day to prep, I might have good lists. I had 30 seconds to prep, and it took me five. Mic drop on the Savage. Okay, so <laughs> can I go to my number two now? Yeah, yeah please do. My number two. Is Brad Pitt. Okay, that's that's a legit straight up Brad Pitt. I literally have watched probably ninety five percent of his movies, and some of those early ones are pretty bad. Yeah. And I just yeah. bought him because it was Brad Pitt. That's a weird thing about him. So he's developed this real reputation as like mm-hmm. a, an act like an actor, right? Like an actor. Or an actor. Because he doesn't direct. Uh, he does pro- he does some producing, but, but he doesn't he's an actor. but he's an actor. actor. He, he chooses his roles Close very carefully. But when you actually look at the resume, some of them like, it's pretty Whoa. it's pretty bad. There's yeah. a lot of bad movies in the Brad Pitt. There are, but I watch them because he's a heartthrob. My heartthrob. Yeah, my numero dos. You're a numero weirdo. dos. I am. I don't. I'm crazy. I'm, uh, I'm uncomfortable with the amount like of eye movie. contact in this segment. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> there's a movie he did. He's young, where he plays like this track star, and it is awful. But I bought it because it was Brad Pitt. Are you sure you're not thinking of Michael Cena in... No, um... no not at oh, all. Okay. Nope. All right. It's an old, old movie. Okay. Uh, but yeah, man, Fight Club and 
Man, Fight Club. All those movies. Fight Club's that movie that that really, really sold me on him as someone who's a fantastic actor because, God, like, so throughout the whole movie, you can't help but just see it's Brad Pitt. But except he still plays... Except it's a fake character. He's not even real. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, you know, like, <laughs> when you see, like, for example, when you see Nick Cage, you can't help but see Nick Cage before whoever character he's playing. Okay. All right. So, like, it, it's kind of like the same thing, but he still played a fantastic character. See, I don't... I like Bradley Pitt. I don't do that with a lot of actors. Like, I don't think of them as the actor. Mostly because I'm not, like, I'm not the guy who's like, these people are great actors. Like, it's yeah. few and far between that I say are great actors. Right, right. Um, Brad Pitt's so, one of them. No, and I don't really think he is. Like, he's great. I th- John Travolta's in one of those two. Like, no. can't help but see he's John Travolta. George Clooney. I think I think George Clooney is actually a better actor. producer. And... Uh, I'm I'm willing to bet he's gonna this this movie with Matt Damon is gonna be really well directed. That's the one where they're in the like the tower. suburban and Matt, Matt Damon. Damon's good too. Matt, Matt Damon's, Damon's great, great actor. But I definitely don't think that uh, like I think George Clooney picks amazing movies he to does. make happen. He makes good decisions, right? Um, whereas a lot of these guys don't. No. A lot of these guys show up in something. Both. To me, the Sean Connery story is the craziest to me. Yeah. Where basically, Sean Connery. <laughs> where my legend, my my hero, James Robinson, basically retires Sean Connery yeah. from acting. Uh, and Shh, let's not talk about that guy. I, the, yeah. the, the, the League of much. Extraordinary Gentlemen. You gave him too much. Yeah, but all yeah. the Ocean's Elevens with Brad Pitt. Oh. When Brad Pitt and George Clooney team up, it's great stuff. And too. Matt Damon. Except for Burn After Reading, that movie was. Horrible. That movie was fantastic. I, I love that movie. I hated it. I watched it because Brad Pitt, and I hated it. I understand why you didn't like it. You know what? I probably hated it is because going into it. Um, Allie's mom was like, you got to watch this movie. It's so funny. And I didn't think it was funny at all. Oh, I had this, there's tons of funny. No, not a, not even close. It, it's a Coen Brothers movie. You the whole, love it or yeah, you hate the it. whole plot is humor because it's, it's a series like it. of unfortunate no. events. It's I like a it. Lemony Snicket. I watched it again because no. Brad Pitt. No, all right, no, let's no, jump off. You're number one, Colt. I can make fun of you. That's My fair. number one fell in love with him when I was six, seven years you old. You look like it. Hulk Hogan? Beautiful blonde. Elf that never misses. Orlando Bloom. Man, he's oh, man. Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley. Orlando Bloom is a good actor. Oh, I'll give you that. You get a pass for this one. Your other two, eh, <laughs> that one, good job, buddy. Wow. Did okay. it there. All right. Not my honorable mention, but yeah, he's a good one. Um, Legolas. Legolas is, the Legolas-Gimli dynamic was fantastic. Legolas. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved um, it. I also like there were a lot of subtle things that Peter Jackson did in those in those, in those those movies. For example, the elves are light of foot and they do something called elf walking which is when you see them in the mountains and they're all in the snow and everyone's like trudging through the snow he's walking on top of the snow next to them because the elves are light on their feet and don't sink yeah uh so there's all kinds of little cool little tidbits um orlando bloom uh bit of a ladies man so i think that's fair call him a heartthrob i don't see why not two big franchises under his belt yeah oh yeah 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 for sure there was a moment there where it seemed like he was trying to be Johnny Depp light, so right. I didn't think it was a good idea for them to do Pirates of the Caribbean. Honorable mention. Johnny Depp. Man, John, ugh, Johnny Depp. Except, I don't understand. He's struck out lately. The money stuff, too. And, yeah. the, and, the, and the divorce was not handled not well. Not well. Not, not well at all. All right, so what's your number one, DLG? So my number one, we go into the world of animation for the suavest, smoothest man on the entire planet. Tank Hill. Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> You're so nerd, you have animation for your number one heartthrob. Because That's straight up he nerd. thought he was the America's, he thought he was the heartthrob. It's so great. Uh, I thought you were going to go Zach Morris there, but that's I, a good one. Uh, he's on a fish. Honorable mention was Zach Morris. I actually one. almost did. But uh, there, my favorite Johnny Bravo moment, he, um, 
<laughs> he wakes up and his VCR is blinking 12. So he thinks that he is so handsome. He's <laughs> broken time. That's awesome. And there's this through a series of funny events everywhere he walks, everyone is freezing for different reasons. It's like, for example, he walks into a restaurant and right before he walks in, someone goes, Oh my gosh, there's bees. Nobody move. I heard they'll leave. So the entire restaurant freezes because they're scared of bees. And Johnny Bravo walks through and steals a bunch of food and leaves. And as he's walking out, the waiter goes, who was that guy? <laughs> like, it just has this great, like, this stupid moment. So uh, nerd, you went animation. That's awesome. Do you think you can guess my number one? Uh, I'm willing to bet your number one is... What do you think? I'll give you one guess. It should be Daniel Day-Lewis, the way you love him. Nope. Two. Uh, one. The greatest quarterback of all time. That, this is fair. Okay. All right. Thomas Brady. I thought you were going to say Thomas Jefferson Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin Brady. No, Tom Brady. My number one heartthrob. Um, uh, is he really a heartthrob? Oh, this, I mean. Yeah. I don't care how old he is. It's a heartthrob. I wasn't going to say the age. I was just going to say how publicly he's been locked down with Giselle for so, so long. He's my heartthrob. Okay, all right. Like he's if there's your heartthrob. If okay. there's one person I could die and come back as, Tom Brady. Oh, I don't know. Tom Brady. Chris Paul made the argument for uh, James Harden. Yeah, <laughs> but he was also with the Kardashians, so I don't know how much that Yeah, works. that's true. Thomas um, Brady. Any honorable mentions, boys? Yeah, so I almost did Zach Morrison. That's a good one. Zach Morris? Doug Morris, yeah, so Morrison. That's a good one. The guy from the doors. Yeah. Uh, but so anyway, I, I found this, I found this YouTube channel, and it's Zach Morris is a jerk. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's just it basically summarizes a bunch of episodes. Uh -huh. And it's funny how you know how just things don't translate sometimes over time. Right. It's like when you watch Saved by the Bell through the prism of modern sensibilities. Yeah. They're terrible episodes. They're yeah. awful. Yeah. He was dating a girl in a wheelchair one time, and the episode starts with. He joined a suicide prevention hotline, met the girl on the phone line, picked her up, and then started dating her. And it turns out she's wheelchair bound. And then he goes he goes out of his way to constantly mention how proud he is of her for being paralyzed. What a heartthrob. And then What they, a stud. They have a charity event. Like it's all in good. It's like, like a basketball charity yeah, event. Yeah, they do a basketball charity yeah. event where everyone's in the wheelchairs yeah. playing the basketball game. And everyone gets up and celebrates, and he goes, and I want to give it a special shout-out to a special lady to me, the only one who has to stay in her chair all the time. And then he points at her again, and she, like, wheels off all angry. Yeah. And it's like he doesn't get it. Yeah, he's trying to be, like, nice. But right. There's screwed, so many. There's screwed the pooch on that one. Picked her up from a suicide prevention <laughs> That's hotline. baller. That's like Ed Norton style right there. <laughs> that, that's the most it's always sunny thing I've heard outside of that show. You Seriously, Google Zach Morris is a jerk. And like there's this, these YouTube episodes like the guy sings his own theme song. Zach Morris is a jerk. That's it's awesome. hilarious. Check that out. And we're going to check out till break. When we come back, we're going to get into the young Padawan hipster segment featuring the intern cult. Nerd Thug Radio. Whoop, whoop. Hello, Conroe. Now that school's back in session and summer's over, when the kids come home from school, they're going to be restless and rowdy, and you should take them to Space Cadets. With comic books, collectible card games, board games, role-playing games, and toys, all in a family-friendly atmosphere, what more could a person ask for? Space Cadets Gaming Gaming has Friday Night Magic and various events every day, and especially the weekends. Dungeons & Dragons, Family Game Night, and various other events are regularly scheduled at Space Cadets Gaming Gaming on Robinson Road in Oak Ridge. Lies. 
Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio and have a happy Halloween tomorrow. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Or today if you're listening to the podcast. True. I'm the Captain Joey Savage. Corey DLG. And I'm the intern. You're listening to us on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Sister Stations. Worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Podcast drops tomorrow. Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. Woo! Don't forget, this weekend, Mario Kart. Come get you some extra life. We're going to talk about that next segment too, but uh, don't forget it's coming up. Don't forget. So coming up, let's turn this segment over to the hipster Padawan, young Colt over there with a K. Uh, What you want to talk about, buddy? So uh, is there a K in Colt's name? uh, I just made it up. There absolutely is not. I don't think so. The hipster Padawan version, there is. There's a there's a K at the end. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh Colt. Colt. (laughs) Colt. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what. Pass me one of them Colts over there. (laughs) Oh my god. I need to put a Coke on. It's now cold you're 100 outside. years old Southern. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Coke. I thought you meant a Coke. Like a I Coca-Cola. did. I switched it. Both of them. Oh, okay. Either way. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Comedy and it's finest. All right, All right Cole. Cole what, you, what, what do you got, got What you got, buddy? All right, so. Show us what you got. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to get through this. Go no. ahead. Okay, so Stranger Things. What's up next, Colt? Stranger Things 2 comes out uh, tomorrow. Tonight. What's well, out already? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At anyway. this instant, you can watch Stranger Things too, and you probably already saw every minute of it. Probably so. So, so I'm Stranger like, Things. Before we get into it, we came upon Stranger Things, and I I think I watched it before you. I watched yeah. like three episodes. Like, dude, you gotta check this show out. It's, it's right. It's awesome. It is good. And uh, I texted him two days later. I'm like, hey, I'm on like episode seven. He's like, I finished it last night. Right. Like, you son of a. I sat down and started watching it, and I didn't realize it was only eight episodes, and there were like 40 minutes each. So it was like two on a Saturday afternoon. So at like 11 o'clock, I was done. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> apparently the last person to, to watch the show. I believe worldwide. Like, the other day, I just watched the back half of the season in one sitting. Nice. And nice. it's amazing how good of a show is. And I, it's, I think it's a really, lot of really it. really good. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I really think the key of it is very good writing. And it's written that everybody in the show behaves like normal people would. Yes. Yeah, well, 100%. One of, one of the things we talked about, we talked about this a lot last year when it first came out, is how many networks turned this this down. Yeah, this guy actually, he got rejected by everybody. Everybody, everybody and everything. Everybody and everywhere rejected this they said, show. No, we're good. It's not going to work. It's right. not good stuff. And then finally Netflix took a shot on it, and it was like the biggest thing in 20, right. 2016. And meanwhile, drag like American Horror Story meanwhile, gets I'm renewed for season after season after season. I so I do think any of those. I haven't either. Uh, I've heard the interested. first like three or four seasons were really good, and then it started to get real bad. I think this, though. Once you're on TV, it's real easy to stay on TV. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of, first of all. It depends on the network, too. Like what right. Is, what is uh, HHS it's on, on? It's on Fox. It's on it's FX. On, yeah, yeah FX. it is FX. Yeah. So, I mean. FX doesn't have a ton of content. No. So, so they got to I mean, protect their time spots. As long as they throw stuff out there. Plus, American, as bad as I've heard, I've heard a lot of people say, you're not the only person I've heard say it's bad. The ratings on it, though, are still strong. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. There is a big size of the fan base that just really likes the show and that's great i think though like you can take the quality of the show from season to season and just graph it like a sine wave like the first couple of seasons like asylum and murder house are pretty good on their own like they they actually stick to some horror themes and they tell a good story with some good characters then season three and four just drop off and are really terrible in quality then it picks up at like, season five is pretty good, and even though it's not really too much horror, it has enough of a good, strong aesthetic and some really good strong acting. Aesthetic. I like that. Yeah, good I do work. like that. No, no, like, like, really. You're not an idiot, after all. Kathy Bates, <laughs> and, Kathy Bates and Dennis O'Hare steal that show. But let, let me ask you this question real quick before you, yeah. you keep going. How many horror-type 
shows are there on TV right now? None. none. That's why I keep yeah. watching it. Right. So, I mean, it's you an say abusive it's, relationship. You say it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Well, you say it's bad writing and it's, it's a horrible show, but in reality, like, what is comparing against it? Nothing, right? So, this is all there is to for people who to like that genre to. to watch those shows. So, like you said, it is. It, it, it's the wow factor, right? It's always, right. There's a shock factor that people are always looking for. So the writing's terrible, but there's nothing else to compare it against. So right. As long it, as it, and it stands alone. Does decent. It stands It's going to keep rolling. Right. But yeah, but no, I'm not watching it for horror this season. I'm watching it because I I want to watch a 13 week long car crash. It's which that bad. Coincidentally, is the same reason I started watching True Blood on Showtime many years ago. <laughs> it's just that's what I heard. It was like it. I started watching. It. I was like, this is so incredibly bad that it's interesting and I enjoy it. And that what could be happening to other people. Same thing with the Orville. Like, I don't think the Orville is going to do that well, but and it hasn't. It's not what most people thought it was going to be. But I find it very interesting. And I, you get a lot of people who get that with certain shows. It becomes a cult following, and they keep going. You know what's interesting? I I've, I think I've changed my mind about the Orville's making it past season one. You think it's going to go past? I think it might make. I it. hope so because I, I I enjoy it. I think I I realized the other day that Seth MacFarlane is such an investment from Fox. But they're going to let it find its legs. So if by the end of the season the ratings are going up, and I don't know which way they're going. I haven't looked I at all. Either. I need to. Um, if the ratings are going up by the end, I think they're going to. I think they'll keep it around. Right. At least for one more year and say, hey, we got to figure it out. One more season, there. see what because happens. Because Fox was also the same network that was so heavily invested in Arrested Development that they kept renewing it, even though it was getting abysmal numbers. And, right. and Arrested Development, for all of its love and mm-hmm. fanfare and, and positive critique and review, was getting awful awful viewing numbers right um but with the support of the network it stayed yeah and i think that's that's probably definitely the case with american horror story like it has a big enough following despite whatever the quality of the yeah. show might be that it's, people it's just cult following yeah i mean it has supernatural yeah supernatural is going to come back until those two boys say they want to go home yeah until those two guys say we're done they will make that show like i bet the renewal process for that show is a is a conference call to those two do you guys want to keep going? If you both say yes, we're in. <laughs> and I bet that's all it is. Like, if one of them says, I think I might be done, then they'd be like, all right, show cancel, we're out. But if, but as long as both say yes, they'll keep making that show and paying those guys their money. I don't know. Like, American Horror Story is one of those shows where it's, it has some really good actors, but the showrunners don't know how to write a show, apparently. Same thing with True It's Blood. just like, this season is nothing. Like, it's not filled with characters. It's filled with plot devices. Right. They just, yeah, they I do heard they things. kind of incorporated. It was about the election, and the woman is afraid of clowns. Okay, and- so it, yeah, it's about a cult, and Evan Peters is Evan Peters is like this terrible mix between the Joker and Tyler Durden, and oh, just Lord. any other. Yeah, exactly. And so his main thing, like he's trying to get this cult together, and he wants to take this councilman's seat because he wants to be the. I'm going to spoil the show, but spoiler yeah. alert! It, it's, spoiler it, alert! It's not worth it, but it's like. So she, like, Sarah Paulson's deathly terrified of clowns, and that's her defining trait. Why? Doesn't matter. It just it, it just is. But also, coincidentally, at the same time, Evan Peters' cult is dressed up as clowns to go kill people, and they take time specifically to terrify her, and it just does not make sense when you think about it. It's one of those things that just makes less sense the more you think about it. Right, Or right. the first time you watch it. You know what makes a lot of sense? I love how excited Colt gets. Like well, no, I when, get what he's saying. No, like, but it's like, a weird thing. I've been sitting on this for a while. No, so <laughs> just to, to, to go back, this segment, we gave it to Nico to give him some more responsibility. 
He never showed that much emotion and passion on his segment than you have. Oh, that's and not it, fair. He went anime every week. Yeah, no, but he loved his anime. But you can you can tell in his voice like how excited he is and how much this means to him, like how much he has to get this off his chest. Yeah, no, it's great. It's I, great I stuff. do. Um, Props to you. You're not an idiot. <laughs> there you go. There's your compliment. You're not far. an idiot. I yeah. said you're not an idiot. Right. He strained himself there. It's in the Geneva Convention. <laughs> All due respect. All due respect, Colt with the uh, K. No war crimes. No hollow point rounds. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, they wrote it in and they voted on it. And some of the countries were like, who is he? Yeah. How do we know? But it doesn't matter. Joey said it. It was good enough for them. <laughs> Joey Savage said it. The nation of Africa just accepted Joey Savage's word. To be done. The uh, nation of Africa? Yeah, the entire nation of Africa. <laughs> the entire continent. No, it's a nation. <laughs> You're an idiot. Yeah, Africa. <laughs> the nation of Africa. Um, I believe they're stationed in Georgia. Yeah, so I'm really excited. I haven't had a chance to jump on to um, Stranger Things 2 yet, but I'm really excited to see where, where it goes and where they take it because that first season blew me away. There were so many in the beginning as they were building it. They did a really good job. Like, you didn't know what was happening until they explained it to you, and I thought that was fantastic. There's not a lot, I, I love TV, and I love TV shows. There's not a lot of TV shows, though, that when I'm watching during the week on a work week, that I will stay up and I, I can't. Like, I have to turn it off, or, right. I'll, or I'll watch all night. Right. And that, right. this was one of them. That's fair. This was one of those shows where I, I genuinely was upset at myself that I had to go to sleep and go to work. Like, <laughs> why could I just be a millionaire and just watch this show? In one night. Yeah, that's true. That's how good this show is. I did that once with... Uh, Savage approved. I did that with the, the Sam Worthington and Paul Bettany show about the Unabomber. It wasn't even was that good. good. I Paul Bettany's really good. He looks just like him. Yeah. Sam Worthington's not a good actor. No, no he's, he's not. Sam Worthington plays Sam Worthington. You can take the dude he played in there and the dude he played in Avatar I like and Avatar, the dude he though. played in The Shack. Just swap him out at random. The same person. They're all, nothing changes in the show. And the Terminator when he was the robot man. I like Avatar, though. See, I forgot he, I forgot he was even in yeah, Salvation. Yeah, he's, exactly. he's in the Christian Bell remake, and he's the robot man. The robot man. Who has an overlarge super man. heart for no reason. Right. And then when he's dying, he gives it to Christian Bell because John Connor must survive. Yeah, so sense. he does a heart transplant. And then a heart transplant recipient is now the greatest war hero of the robot revolution. Yes, I love robots and revolution. Which makes no sense. time travel. Because, like... Heart transplant people can't even sit in the front seat of cars with airbags. But it's a robot. No, no. Christian Bell's not a robot. Oh, okay. No, isn't it like, isn't the year 2019 or something like that? Or is it like five minutes ago there. when Judgment Day hits? Uh, it was like, you missed it. Like, it was yesterday. Yeah. We're almost there. Yeah. So it happened already. Dunzo. What if? Reporting <laughs> to you live from the nuclear lace land of Conroe, yeah. Texas. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Demolition Man had the the, the timing for that oh, one so, so good. was uh, 1996 and I remember my dad thought it was so funny because I think that was when Bill Clinton like his presidency ended yeah. and he was like that's exactly what we're going to look like when Bill leaves and I was like I don't know that looks pretty rough out there man yeah. and he's like that's what it's going to be and I was like okay Bill didn't leave until 2000 though was it two, that was his first term was 96 right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Demolition Man is 96 or 99. And then, like, not too long after uh, that no, no, thing no. happened. Like, 94 is when Bill started. Right? No, he started no. in 92. Yeah, 92. 92. 92. Yeah, because it's 96. No, he started in 93 because 92 was an election year. Right, right. He was elected. Yeah. 93, 90, what, 7? No, 2001. Yeah, he did eight no, years. Yeah, Why are you having so much trouble to, with this? I said 93 to 97 to 2001. You lived through it. <laughs> 93 to 97 to 2001. That's where I was going with this. <laughs> You're like, good, no, 2001. I was like, okay, well, I'm breaking it into fours, please, here. Come on. Yeah, no, or maybe it was 80, 98, or something like that. Maybe it was 98. But whatever. Know, but let's jump out to a break. Whatever that year is in Devilish, man. Then we can't figure this out. That's right. Uh, we're going to come back, wrap this show up, Nerd Thug style.
This is the Latin heartthrob, El Fino Divino Gino, and you are listening to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs> this is how we close things out, Nerd Thug Radio style. Yeah. And that means I'm Corey DLG. <laughs> you're, you're Joey Savage. Oh, I'm Corey DLG. I'm so hyped up, I don't even remember things. You got excited. Like This is what happens with too much eye contact. You now think you're me. I'm Captain Joey Savage. This is my heterosexual life partner. I, I'm not even going to record. This is Carlos FM 104.5, 106.1. Sister stations. Worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. All right, man, what you got? Closing things out. You said you want to talk a little bit about Chris Paul and James Harden and the Kardashians and well, Legs and Eric Gordon and all kinds uh, of things. Okay, so ESPN last week aired... Uh, a documentary, a series of episodes called Chris Paul Chapter 3. Chapter 3. Check it out on On Demand or on the ESPN streaming app. It actually was really, really interesting. That's why I'm bringing it up. Okay. I know we don't do a lot of sports here. This isn't as sports heavy as you think it would be if it's about Chris Paul. Uh, basically, it's following him during the offseason, which for those who don't know, he was still a clipper. Both him and Blake Griffin opted out right, of right. their contracts. Uh, and then it's trying to decide what to do next. Right, right. Um, but he essentially gave these guys all access, and he didn't sugarcoat things. Nope. So the first episode was really interesting. Uh, and just what kind of caught my eye and had me TiVo the rest of them is we're sitting there watching. I'm sitting there watching it. And um, he's talking about his experience with the Clippers while he's still a Clipper. Technically. And well, he's, he's a free agent. He opted out of his deal, but theoretically, right. But he's at that point, probably still going back to Los Angeles. Right. And so he's talking, his brother is his manager. And he's, the two of them are talking with this guy that they go to for advice about basketball and about life. Like, I guess he's like, just an advisor mentor. of some kind. He's an older gentleman. Their mentor. And so they're sitting there talking to him. And he uh, essentially, he says, well, we'll you know, kind of, they're like, financially and family, it makes the most sense to stay here. LA's offered five years, $210 million. Woo! I just want like 10% of that, man. Man, I, I'll take the full thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the basketball thing, I'm very unhappy is what he's saying. He's saying, listen, financially, I could take this deal. My family would be happy. And money-wise, we'd be thrilled. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But basketball wise, I'm I've be been unhappy on the court. I've been really miserable the past couple of years. It's been really hard here in LA. The culture of this team is not one that I enjoy. And my ears perked up because the one thing you don't hear players do publicly is talk about the real reasons they left. It's always right, right. it's a business. It's a business. Business, decision. business. Well, we gotta make the best decision for me and my family and for whatever, blah, blah, blah. whatever. I wanted to compete for a ring, blah, blah, blah. Essentially, the reason he wants out of L.A., though, is he doesn't feel like this is a team. Yeah. And what he says is, when I suggest that we do things together, he goes, when I was in New Orleans, we went out of our way to do stuff together. We would we would, we would, would purposefully make events and plan events where several of us would go together. Uh, sidetracking a little bit, NBA 2K18 has Kevin Garnett as one of the guest announcers. Uh-huh. During uh, When you play the Boston Celtics in season, they bring him on and he talks. And he's talking about how when they brought that team together, it was all on the fly. But they were a unified team by the time the season started because they took a trip to Rome. None of them spoke Italian. They were doing this international basketball thing. They played some other NBA teams, but they were on their own little travel schedule. They right, played right. some European teams. While they're traveling, they all, they all don't speak Italian. They all felt a little isolated, so they all had to rely on each other. And they would go on group excursions and group outings. Always three or four people would go together, and it was always different mixes of people. So all of a sudden, the team felt like a team. So you think maybe early on in L.A. they did that and then... No, I don't think they did it all ever? in L.A. In New Orleans, they did it is what he was talking about. Right. When he came to L.A., though, he said he would organize events. And and he didn't say who, but he said, like, 
people that are important to the Clippers, they would they would say, is this mandatory? Do I have to go? You think it's because they were in L.A.? I think it's a big part of it, yeah. Yeah, me too. Also, when he got to Houston, another comment that he, that he made was, it's exciting to be in a city where this is important. Yeah. And I get that. What I do get that. What was the story? They were talking to somebody. Um, I can't remember who it was. And Chris Paul had just signed with the Rockets. Like, he had been there maybe three days. And they're in, I think they were in L.A. talking to us, like trying to recruit somebody. It was James Harden. And Chris Paul just comes walking in the door and just starts talking about how much he's loved Houston in his three days and just was on a recruiting pitch for Houston. And he, his whole persona changed when he came here. Yeah. In like three days. Yeah, well, no, and that's actually what uh, his brother said. So his brother in, in the second one is talking to the camera separately. Chris Paul is somewhere else doing some stuff, and the brother's just kind of giving his own feelings and everything. Right, right. He's like, honestly, in a perfect world, we would have stayed in L.A. The best thing for us to have done is to stay in L.A. But for Chris and for basketball, this is the best move. I've never seen him like this. He is a changed man overnight. And um, behind the scenes, you and I know some people and know some things mm-hmm. um, just from relationships that we that we won't really talk about on the air. Uh, but what they're talking about on this program is counter to that. They're talking about the leadership of the Rockets. They're talking about how this group is really coming together. Yeah. Uh, and so I think this year may be different. I don't know if the Chris Paul, James Harden thing is going to work. Who knows? But the Rockets have always been a team-oriented team. Like, they do stuff together. Yeah, they do. Um, and so I think, at least on that aspect, you're going to get a happy and different Chris Paul. And I think that kind of opens up the door. Because they talked about playing style a lot, and they had really honest conversations about that, too, where James Harden and Chris Paul are sitting there talking to the camera. And Chris is like, well, obviously, it's going to take me a little while to adjust. And James is like... Man, when I see you dribble, it drives me crazy. I want you to come down and just shoot that shot. I don't want to see one, two, three. I want to see shots. So Mike, Mike D'Antoni, the coach, has actually apparently privately challenged the team to shoot 53 pointers a game. That's crazy. So like he's telling them, I don't want to uh, just do it. Do just it. Go. Just do it. So Chris Paul has got to change his mindset a little bit because apparently they want James Harden to still have the ball 90% of the time. So Chris Paul is only going to create a little bit, like when James is off the court. But then when James Harden's on the court, Chris Paul's job is to just kind of be available. Which has always been kind of the Achilles heel of the Rockets to me is when the minutes Harden's not on the floor. Who runs it? Who, who do you go to? Because Eric Gordon's a scorer but not a creator. Right. Exactly. And I agree. But now you got and, Chris Paul. And Beverly was more of a defender, De- defender than right. he really was a creator. But now, So now I guess what you do is you go heavy James Harden, Chris Paul in the beginning. Then you start to transition like minutes-wise in the middle. And then in that third quarter break that you that you typically give the star, mm-hmm. you do Chris Paul, Eric Gordon. Right. It's going to work. Yeah, I think so. We'll I think so. But anyway, it was a really fascinating documentary because it was incredibly honest. Right, which and, is always fun. And you don't see that a lot, and that's what caught my attention was the way he was talking about L.A. while technically still a clipper. Right, right. Uh, was interesting. So what uh, about Extra Life? You said you want to hop into that a little man, bit. Man, I really want to talk about this. I'm excited about this. It's going to uh, be a fun I know. I hope everybody comes out. I hope everybody, you know, spends some money at Space Cadets, not just because they're our sponsor, but also because... It's for a good cause. It is. It's going to be a lot of fun. Gaming is something that's kind of become really important to us. We all enjoy it. It's one of the few things. We, we're we very busy people now, and gaming is still one of those things we make time to do. We're hoping to have a couple of special guests out there this weekend, too. So I know, man. So be I really on hope. on the lookout. I hope it's I hope it's as big as we're, as we're trying to get right. it to be. I want people to come out because I want this to be successful, and I want us to keep doing this. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man, I'm really excited. Last year we did this whole gaming marathon at my house. Mm-hmm. I think this year it's going to be a l- little bit better to do Space Cadets for a while and then kind of go back and do right. something. Yeah, we'll do most of it there. Yeah. Well, it's going to be you holding it down from start to. Hey, man, I'm the anchor, bro. Until I get there. I'm the anchor. 
seven thirty <laughs> at night. What seven thirty? What happened to like like three or four? Um. So yeah, it's it's gonna be fun this weekend. Mario Kart's such an easy game to play. Uh, I'm still terrible at it. And you're yeah, you're horrible. That's all. Um, right. And anybody can play. Kids to adults. So I mean, anybody that wants to come in, it's twenty bucks. Right. All that money's going to charity. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. should have a trophy for the winner. We'll uh, name the first ever. Nerd Thug Mario Kart champion. Extra life champ. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, we we had fun. Did you get that email this, this week? I haven't read it yet. But yeah, Extra life sent an email. I was like, you raised this much money last year. Come back and do it again. Oh, okay. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was such a fun time last year. I can't believe it's already been a year. Right. Like, I still remember that night like it was yesterday. I don't remember much by the end of it because I was exhausted. Yeah, you were. You passed <laughs> I straight. Did. I was like, all right, you guys out. are in charge. Last hour, I'm out. Man, so um, I guess we got a few minutes here. Let's just talk a little bit. So we've been working on a TV show. Yes. A Nerd Thug produced TV show. Yeah. Uh, we call it Familiar Practices. Yes. Uh, yes. It's kind of a, the brainchild. Really, it's it's our brainchild. Me and you, we came up with the idea, but yeah. you did all the writing. Yeah, yeah. You, you, We came up with the premise together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sitting in the pool one night, drinking some brewskis. We did. We 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 were limited by budget and availability, and we said, what can we do where we so, never change the yeah. set? And uh, well, my whole my whole thought going into it, when we started coming up with an idea. Let's do a TV show, right? Is let's do something low budget that you know, yeah, we can shoot in one spot. And as much as I love The Office and Parks and Rec, I was like, something like that would be great. Right. What hasn't been done yet? And that's that's kind of how it came up. You want to you want to shoot the premise of of the show real quick? So it's two brothers that are coming together. One's been one's been away a while, so the typical prodigal son returns home. That's your entry into the show, entry into this world. Uh, he comes home to basically carry on the family practice because his is, life has kind of fallen apart. They're chiropractors. They're chiropractors. Yes, thank you. And so when he comes back, uh, he's expecting to see one thing, and what he gets is a totally different thing. Uh, whereas he's expecting dad to be there running the shop that, that he remembers growing up in. Mm-hmm. Instead, little brother, who's always been a little off his kilter, now he's the man in charge. Dad's nowhere to be found. Yeah. And it's a totally different scene. We've got some good characters involved, some good writing. Like, I, I think... Like, it could be total garbage. I don't care. <laughs> we shot the pilot. I know. That's that's so that's where I'm that's where my head's at right now about it. Like it's getting edited right now, so when it, when it's ready, we're gonna see it. We'll know. In the meantime, I kind of just kind of made my peace with it. Like, hey, we made a show. Like, yeah. no matter how it ends, no matter what we, what, shot we a made TV a show. Pilot. I write down a list of things that I want to do every year. I'm gonna put hold on before that. I'm gonna put the intro up probably on Facebook this week, just so yeah, do that. You guys can see what we got going on. But yeah, so do you, that. you get a list. So I write a list. You just make. The list. The list. So I, I write down a list of everything I want to do in a year. And some of it's far-fetched. Some of it's not. Yeah, you've got, um, you've got a few months left. we got a few a months left of the year. I, I still need to get a tattoo. I still want to make a country album. Uh, I still need to release a short story and a novel. But <laughs> on there was... TV show. TV show. And it made the list. You made the list. So, so be on the lookout for familiar practices coming soon. Uh, man, episode 80. Epic as always. Uh, yeah. Nerd you know, like radio. You know what that means? What? A movie next. Oh, we got to do a movie next? Now we got to do a movie next. Hey, our friend Ken Costantino made a really good B-rated horror film. Yeah, he did. Attack of the Killer Shrews. We can do it. We can do it. I want to say thanks for uh, checking us out on this episode. As always, you can catch us at facebook.com backslash nerdthugradio. This week, the YouTube and podcast will go up. And Corey DLG. Same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station.
If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respected video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936-647-3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas, at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images.